your changing body and you. This is Logan. Say hi, Logan. Shut up, bub. Logan's your typical Canadian teenager. He loves playing ice hockey and being alone in his room. But lately, Logan's noticed that he's been going through some changes. <laughs> he's been getting taller, his voice has been changing, and he's endured extreme excruciating pain with very little consequence. Hurts every time. Logan has the X gene. Oh man, I got the X gene? All I want is these denim jeans on my motorcycle and hang around teens. Oh, don't worry too much, Logan, but you will be experiencing a new world for yourself. And you'll notice it in some of your friends, too. Oh yeah? Like what, this jerk? Here's Todd. He's also got the X gene. Unfortunately, he did not get the better part of the X gene. <laughs> Todd's noticed- Jace, now I'm just slimier than usual. It sucks. His posture is decreasing rapidly. He's find an unusual taste for insects. And of course, he finds that he is smelling more and more and more every day, and finding less interest in showering. What are you talking about, deodorant? Hey, Todd, you want to uh, you want to get into a fight? I'm immortal, and I have knives coming out of my hands. It feels like a raw deal for my really long tongue. Thanks, now, but no thanks. Hold on, you two. You don't want to be doing that. You've got enough problems on your plate. See, <laughs> the X gene is forcing me to fight other superhumans. See. Society is not going to approve of you anytime soon, so mm. you'll need to fight against the world before you can fight each other. So, wait a second. I'm going to be maligned not only because of my terrible personality and, and, and nasally voice, but also the fact that I can climb on walls? Sucks yeah, to yeah. be you. But you're telling me. Ah, uh, the body is a wondrous thing. But remember, if you have the X gene, you're on your own, bud. This is your omniscient narrator saying, best of luck, brothers. Seems like maybe we should get some sort of organized campaign to, I don't know, make a cartoon about a metaphor for civil rights, it seems. No, I'm a magnet person and I'm going straight to terrorism every time. <laughs> If that's what works, man, it does I, seem know, to. Don't knock it. If it doesn't hurt anybody, in oh, yeah. <laughs> -da 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 -da. I mean, let's remember that Dr. Martin Luther King was maligned by the lamestream media that's at right. the time. Mm -hmm. That's right. And it's only through the um, it's only through hindsight that we that that we white Christio American. <laughs> can appreciate uh, him as a non-violent leader, when in fact he was considered a maverick at the time. Much like a Magneto. Yeah, That's right. Magneto was Martin Luther King Jr. And, and Not Malcolm X. How do you feel about a, that, That's Josh? an interesting read that uh, no one else has had. Um, <laughs> Wait till you hear what ben, I think Ben, can you introduce Steve? us? Because we do have a lot to talk about Magneto regarding... Magneto also was a Christian preacher. I, uh, I had preacher several other X-Men to reference. Okay. Okay. Because we're watching X Men Gen Generation Rex and it's, it's, Evolution. It's, it's, yeah. Here on the Carton Cast, yeah. my name is Ben. My name is Zane. And I'm the Thunder God of Love, Joshua. I will explain that later in the show. 
No, that's okay. <laughs> I, and we're I kind of want to know about we're, this. <laughs> we're, we're, we'll get it when we get to voice, cartoons. When we get to the voices, but go ahead. To think about adults. To think about adults? Look, I, I like many teenagers before me, mm-hmm. want to think about adults. The Carton cast has evolved beyond the yeah. need for an intro. <laughs> that's also pretty good. But right here, I'll um, cut in our thoughts for intros from earlier. Uh, the idea was like uh, submitting a superpower insurance application, um, and you have to say like how you got the power, and they just like run down a list of all the dumb ways Marvel and DC characters have gotten dumb superpowers, and at the end you have to say like, oh no, I'm actually just I'm a mutant, and then they're like, oh, your application's denied. Mm-hmm. You know, we're prejudiced. Pre-existing conditions. Yeah. Um, that's pretty. That's pretty bad. I think mine's worse. All right. <laughs> I don't know if the, the contest is to see who has the worst idea. Well, let's and then hear we it, run and then we'll that. know it's the worst. I think we can succinctly define my idea by the following two-word phrase. I hate this. Chexmen. <laughs> Did you have that right, video Josh, game? what do you have? That video game when you Hang were Hang on, I have a couple things. The Chex Institute, headed by Professor Charles Chex Saverier. <laughs> <laughs> with... Fellow X-Men such as Professor Hank McCorn, also known as Yeast, Gene Grain, and the Night Crumbler. Ben, there's there's not a sketch there. Yeah. <laughs> there's just that. But please read that, or at least take oh, the yeah, audio I'll you just said in. and put that in. Josh, uh, it's going in somewhere. Josh, what are you? So have? my idea, I'm like, I, like I'm thinking, I kind of got a crappy idea of oh, typical college, you know, here at the X Institute, that kind of thing. Yeah. And then it, I'm walking, and I'm like, I got it, I got it. Are they gonna go for this? Ooh, they may not want to do this. And then I was it. listening to some of your older episodes, like <laughs> starting from Cycle Notes, because I do that when I walk, because I live in a small town, I walk a lot. Sure. And I heard Generator Rex is opening, and I'm like, okay, they did it. They did a tampon ad. They can't have a problem that, with yeah. this. This is so much less offensive. Oh, Thank you for bringing up did? Generator yeah. Rex, which will be a very important talking point here. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, it will. Uh, Psych! Oh, and now we we're just got in the intro to Generator Rex again. Yeah, so... Make way to start a revolution. Obviously, the X-Men. Mm-hmm. Wait. Yep. Welcome back to the Welcome show, back, Josh. Josh. Thank you for having me back. On. As Again, a little peek behind the curtain. I knew that this was the 10th year, and I came to you guys and said, hey, can I do the show? And of course, you guys were like, absolutely not. Go away. But I guess someone either dropped out or died. And, okay, yep. well, I'll take Some advantage of Some of the rocks that. that you threw through our window knocked a kindly old grandfather into unconsciousness and we decided rather than to risk how is murray doing by the, the way? rising Fine. cost of medical bills oh, okay. we would just have you on the show good so anyway yes uh josh you um <clears throat> you requested this show and i thought hey you know it's uh you it's x-men me. haven't we done enough x-men but not qu- we actually haven't no, you have not done the x-men right we've done you things see. that are x-men in the same way we've done like many things that are spider-man or are batman sure um, i actually went on a different podcast to talk about gen 13 which is like shitty ripoff x-men ooh. but also more government <laughs> intervention which i enjoy but yeah josh um this i believe you wanted to um uh bring this to us what what's your experience with the x-men and this x-men property in particular, which I will reveal right off the bat, this is the only X-Men show I've ever seen. I was really hoping, that, so your brother's really going to have to pick up the slack, because this is pretty much the only X-Men show I've ever seen. Oh, fantastic. Uh, 
I remember, by the way, a little also peek behind the curtain. You're like, oh, I don't know. Like, Zane fought me, not quite tooth and nail, more like, you know, it, bicuspid and flathead screwdriver against Adamantium both, yes. Um, <laughs> but I wore him down. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, it's really. I do have to give uh, credit. So um, several years ago, I listened to a podcast, Days of Future Cast, which is just a general X-Men uh, review podcast um, by the people at the Duckfeed Network, uh, Gary, who had been on our, our podcast. Not that Gary, Josh. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, so I, I knew a lot about this show from their treatment of it, and I didn't want that to influence my opinions because they did a pretty thorough read. Um, but yeah, uh, after looking at this, it is a really interesting case of the X-Men. Um, yeah, but I I never watched, the I, I didn't see the X-Men series in the 90s. I really didn't see much of the Marvel. I, the only Marvel movie I have seen was the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Haven't right. seen any of the Avengers. Haven't seen anything. I did now, see... new movie comes out. You just yeah. watch the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that thing's like... <laughs> I like the idea it's that... It's not everything I need. Yeah, you like you assume you have to do your watch mm-hmm. later list in order, but it doesn't auto-remove when you watch it, so you're stuck yeah. at Spider-Man. <laughs> just start at the top. Wow, I can't I wait to, to click re- shuffle. Well, it got all screwed up with the fi- with the Fantastic Four movie that was in 94. It's like, well, how do I put that in? Like, it, Oh, I don't remember... It didn't come out. The Fantastic Four ever having a movie. Yeah. Are you, you're talking about the I other... I certainly didn't yeah. go to two of them and hate both. Oh, well, there was a third one that was made in 94 that never got released that is, is awesome in its... is awesome in how badly it is made because it was made by Corman and it was made essentially to satisfy a, a uh, contract stipulation. And they made it. Is they it made worse a, than X-Men Apocalypse? Because I saw that on an airplane. Well, you have to remember, I have not seen X-Men Apocalypse, so I don't know. It is certainly... It is certainly fun to watch, I can say that much. And they made a documentary about it called, um, I think I want to say it was like Doomsday or something, because I guess, is that the name of the bad guy on that program? And that, nope. No, what's the... Sure isn't. Apocalypse. Okay, well, some... You're, you're looking for Apocalypse. He's called Apocalypse it, in, in that Interestingly, too? Okay. DC Comics has a planet called Apocalypse. It's spelled differently. Yeah. I... And they also have a character named Doomsday, and those two things are unrelated. Yeah, I was much more uh, DC growing up because I watched the Batman animated series, Superman animated series, the Marvel stuff. They didn't have like a Justice League cartoon, did they? Uh, there. I heard there were (laughs) that came out the same year. (laughs) I heard there were like talks. I don't know, and maybe it may not have aired in every market. I'm not sure. Um, I'm making that joke because I did a whole podcast on the first season of Justice League. I talked to Stan Berkowitz. He worked. uh, He wrote a bunch of them, but uh, he was more known for Batman Beyond. So that's the much more cooler poll. Um, yeah. Yeah. I. I. So I remember seeing this. Uh, I know I saw an episode from the first season. I think it's the one where. Kurt gets trapped in the middle verse. That's the one I remember seeing as a kid. Wow! By the way, that foley was me smacking myself in the face. <laughs> oh, really? I thought it was. I thought it was actually, you know, like some pieces of meat that you would cleverly strap to paddles I was to slap. Uh, you ever bamf? Yep. I was doing that. And then uh, they ran this on the WB. I remember watching the WB. I don't remember watching this early on the WB. I remember seeing it on Toonami. Yeah. Remember on Sunday, on Saturday night they had a tsunami from like six p.m. to I want to say like ten p.m. or maybe where you guys were it was a different time. But this was no. This is a pretty safe tsunami thing because yeah. like it has a thing that sort of markets itself as edgy, but it's trying to kind of be middle of the road as far as like cartoons at the time were. It it's yeah. It's it's like 
Hmm. I don't know how to phrase it. It's like Sonic, but past the point at which just sneering and thumbing your nose at the camera was considered edgy. Yeah. We're just like, he, he still thinks that he's edgy and no one has a heart to tell him no. This is That's what this show reads as to me, is like, it's using an edgy property, right? X-Men is kind of, it's it's not the mainstream in the way that Superman and Batman are. X-Men is kind of like the, the, the Sega Genesis of that era. <laughs> yeah, I would agree um, But it's past the point at which the edgy, it like, I think the edge kind of wore off by this point with X-Men. So it, it reads a lot more like, what if... What if the X Men comics was infected with Kim Possible? That that's how I that's how I read the show is that we've got a Kim Possible infection, and what you'll find is anything that gets infected with Kim Possible just looks almost identical to Kim Possible by the end of it. I told Zane I wanted to do something. W WB and Nickelodeon were the big two. Yeah, there's like Fox Kids. I didn't watch that though. WB Nickelodeon were the big two that I needed to get something, some sort mm-hmm. of show out of. Yeah, I really can't think of anything Nickelodeon related that wasn't live action. I mean, I watched Rugrats; I loved those shows, but sure. maybe Cousin yeah. Skeeter. Ben, uh, do you recall? Guys, no, do I, you recall I, I really wanted to do Cousin Skeeter, but then I remembered, oh damn it, they already did it. Oh, yes, yeah. and that's the only reason that we wouldn't want to do that. Yeah. Yep. So. And <laughs> other than that, we would have done that for every episode. I had a backup Nickelodeon, which Busy World of Richard Scary, which was it really Nickelodeon? Oh. Debate that later. Uh, and then I thought, WB, what's WB? It behaves like a Nickelodeon. Yeah. WB, we'll go with X-Men Evolution because you guys already did Jackie Chan Adventures. Because I do remember watching this show as yeah. a young 11-year-old and 12-year-old and being the insightful young child I was, being very, thinking a lot about it, but thinking about it much more from the teen, uh, you know, teen drama point of view than the, you know, yeah. blowy oh, I stuff. mean, it's got everything that I, like a, like a, like a tween like kid would want it's got people who are slightly older than tweens mm-hmm. behaving a awful lot like tweens uh living in a clubhouse and they've all got superpowers that are all different like it, it's everything that a young josh yeah. needs to grow oh it, don't act like you weren't into it you wouldn't have wanted it too no okay so josh i actually remember watching this when I was a kid as well, specifically because I have a very strongly tied boner memory. Oh, Ben. <laughs> now, let me walk it's you through this. Early. The intro... <laughs> no, the intro... So you just, just wait a minute. So the intro to this show is is pretty, like... it. it it's it's kind of like a... It, it kind of feels like a Batman Beyond intro where just, like rave music mm-hmm. is kind of the order of the day rave music and people try and be kind of edgy to the camera that's how it read to me um there's this one point that shadow cat is dancing in a nightclub and then she does like this 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 coy like look to the camera hair flip thing mm-hmm. that's just animated so fluidly and i did not realize i had that memory until i started watching this again thank you for returning me to Baby's First Boner, you're, Josh. You're very welcome. Thank you for not recommending that we watch Baby's First Boner. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> we nope, dodged not, a bullet there. Nope, not going to make that joke. It's actually nope. about just training kids to love musical instruments like the trombone. That was course. the much more graphic version of the short, the skin of the short film <laughs> sketch we did before, but we had to cut it for obvious reasons. Um, the sex men, yeah. yes. Oh, oh, that, oh, that joke's That's been, another one. That joke's been made a billion times. Um, oh well, I mean, Chexman has. Yeah, yes, okay. Yeah, give, Let, give me a give me a buy. All right, I will give so you. I'll say Chexman is gene is is 
Well, Chexmen is slightly above okay, average. Okay, I had IQ. a few other Chexmen things in the in the chamber. Yeah, why don't we hit those now? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, the, so don't the idea behind it would be that uh, it's like a PSA, like join the Chext Institute for well balanced, <laughs> healthy snacks. Don't be, um, don't be fed these lies. Don't be um, bamboozled by uh, Mac Cheetos. The, but, well, uh, okay, Mag Cheetos, one of them. <laughs> they're pa- they're part of the Brotherhood of Fruitants, which is it's just a name, right? They don't actually market fruit. What they do have is Mag Cheeto, Avalanche, and the Chuggernaut. <laughs> it's worth mentioning. And we can now continue talking about the show. They should not be called the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants if they're trying to do yeah. what they're trying to do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just saying. So. So putting this in the context, because it is extremely of its time, X-Men Evolution ran on Kids WB from 2000 to 2003, uh, then re-aired on Disney XD from 2009 to 2011. Those roughly line up with the X-Men movies, um, specifically the first one, which kind of, you know, kicked off the modern superhero fascination, as well as X-Men First Class, which is one of maybe like three good X-Men movies. Um, Yeah, it's great. But it's interesting because um, the movies, this was during an era where you you didn't have a formula for superhero movies. Um, and so X-Men kind of came out of nowhere. Um, and It was before Iron Man. No you, one knew what they were doing. Well, you compare it to stuff from like even 10 years before it and everything then looked way campier and dumber. And Not this was the first, like, modern one that's just an action movie that happens to have superheroes in it. And it kind of changed the game. And I think X-Men Evolution, although it was, you know, in production simultaneously, this was an attempt to build... Like, they knew they had something that would bring people in, and this would kind of hook the demographic they were hoping to aim at. When did They were doing some sort of, like, cross-marketing promotional stuff, sure. almost. What? Like, trying to trying to cultivate an MCU of sorts. Well, in a movie, you can only focus on so many characters. In a long-running TV show, you can have a lot unless more characters. Unless you're DC, in yeah. which case you focus on everything. Right, they learned all the wrong lessons. But with a TV show with a lot of characters, you can do a lot of merchandising. Yeah, when did the, when did the X-Men feature film come out, the first one? You, it, it was, like, a couple months before this. Okay, so they were being... Roughly done at the same. Okay, yeah, you're right. I um, think they knew what they had on their hands. Um, it, it makes sense that they would be priming the pump for one marketing cycle with another yeah. kind of thing. This is weird for two reasons. One is the fact that uh, Warner Brothers, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe they owned DC by this point. So it's yeah. So this kinda, this was yeah. this was on W Kids WB the same time as things like Static Shock. Batman Beyond, um, you know, Jackie Chan Adventures, which is not DC, but shares a very similar, like, mindset. Yeah. Uh, Zeta Project, I think is W... I think they may own the copyright out on that, but... um, Notably existing show, The Zeta Project, yep. I pitched it to you, and you were like, no, I don't want to do that one either. Zeta Project is absolutely one of the shows of all time. (laughs) It exists. You can't... There are people out there, we call them... Zatheists who will deny, deny <laughs> up and down. I'm telling you. They praise Zathar. Yep. <laughs> Zeta Project is real, my ben, friend. Ben's incensed by how good that was. <laughs> um, yeah, no, you need to sh- you need to share me this Reddit thread, sir. <laughs> okay, I haven't written it yet. Once I do, I'll let you know. Um, but the other thing is the WB. This is my chance to bitch about the WB in the same way that I... I can't wait. Not quite right. bitching about... I'm- 
the hub network because I'm I like I'm upending the, the hourglass. Okay. <laughs> You've got five minutes. <laughs> okay, the WB was the brainchild of Jamie Kellner, who had been an executive at Fox. It's, uh, Hang on, you say Jimmy Kimmel? <laughs> Jamie Kellner had been a head of okay. Fox, and he thought incorrectly that he could make Warner Brothers into its own fifth fifth network, fifth network, because there were four other networks at the time. Also, right. UPN was coming out at the same time for Paramount, so that was six networks. And the programming slate originally for the WB was comedy-based, largely. You had Ellen Cleghorn had some show. There was a Married with Children type show that was made by the same people that was essentially just divorced with children. <laughs> but... Somewhere along the way, Seventh Heaven came out, and then mm. Dawson's Creek came out, and suddenly the WB became much more associated with the teen market. Yeah. This, this was the Degrassi zeitgeist. Well, when you look back on that period of the teen dramas, the Beverly Hills 90210, the Felicity, the Dawson's Creek, the uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the uh, Daria, you had all these other shows. I could actually probably Hopefully name like Vampire five Slayer wasn't teens. That was like no, they were, they mid-20-somethings were... 20 pretending to be teens. Same di- that wasn't the as same As was thing. Dawson's Creek, as was Beverly mm-hmm. Hills Now 210, as was Freaks and Geeks, as was Felicity. All right, you got me there. Um, but I will say, that, and then Dawson's Creek was really the thing that helped the WB get some leniency and, you know, very teen drama, very much that, and... If there's one thing that you have to give, because people bag on Dawson's Creek all the time, and there's one thing you have to give it, which is, if ever there was a show that perfectly and beautifully just captured what it was like being a teenager back in the 1990s, it was not Dawson's Creek, that's for damn sure. I don't watch that stupid show. But it it did, But they it shows that did have a... they they made a conscious decision to say, hey, everyone, this is what life is like. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter if it was real. That was that became the aesthetic yeah. of the time. I would argue kind of like Leave it to Beaver was for the 50s. True. Oh, my mother legitimately thought Leave it to Beaver was a real. Like, like a, a documentary. Yes. She thought that <laughs> oh, man, my Beavers? dad took her to Universal Studios and went and saw the house. And she was like, what? Yeah, this is where they filmed it. What? Is it is this like somebody seeing the train in that original ended? film coming at them kind of situation? <laughs> <No>. Yeah. <laughs> She's told me this many times. It's like she was devastated. The very um, first bit of filmography was actually Beaver from Leave It to Re- Leave It to Beaver just running toward the camera. Leave it to Reavers. Leave it to, Leave it to Reaver. <laughs> the, the edgy reboot. Leave it to Reefer. Um, Ooh. <laughs> yeah. So uh, as we all remember from Batman Beyond, Jamie Kellner literally said teenage batman and they said that's a stupid idea oh well uh here's our pitch what if we also had old bruce wayne in it yeah here's our idea okay cool you guys are picked up oh crap we got to make 13 of these yeah Uh, i the executives are old people can you have an old person in this (laughs) well i'll I'll be honest that was the part of x-men evolution to kind of tie it back to there that appealed to me the most exactly is that we're also looking at adults that just happen to be around (laughs) yeah and there's very little distinction between the teens in high school (laughs) and the weird uncles that hang out yeah i can't wait i can't wait to do a deep dive on uh professor xavier the most criminal man who's ever lived He's, I mean, like, if it wasn't for the wheelchair, he'd have all the pedophile coding going for him. Yeah. Like, he's got the creepy smile. He um, does balding. That, you know, as yep, a balding yep. person, I hate to admit it. But I think um, compared to those other WB superhero shows, this one does not really have the same lasting legacy. And yeah. I think it's because 
there was enough other X-Men stuff. You know, the X-Men animated series that was in, what, like 93, 94, that was very well regarded. The comics have been kind of consistent. Um, And the movies, of course, that came out, those had a much stronger brand. uh, Like, those reflected the brand much more strongly. And this took a lot of liberties with the property. It feels much more... You know, I don't have a strong connection with the X-Men, and this was kind of my first exposure, so this is is my touch point. But from what I've read... It's kind of like they just took the property and the the you know the um, names and and character relationships and said let's just do a teen show. Yeah, it really does feel like let's just do a teen show was the guiding star for this property because like I don't have that much of a basis for X Men either. I watched a little bit of the 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 older show. Yeah, yeah. And I've seen more of the movies so, and like I so I think I have a little bit more familiarity than using, but not by much. It, it's much more ripped from the comics. This is just kind of more like other high school shows. Yeah. Well Yeah, it, it it's it's very this is it it like I said earlier, it just feels like impossible again, which isn't a bad yeah. thing necessarily but I have already seen Kim Possible. Like, I've already seen enough shows of teens with attitude. <laughs> well, we all... I mean, I don't know what the teen... We're going to talk, I hope, a little bit about our teenage years in regards to this in relation to this program. But teen... Again, I think teen drama, know what my teenage years were like by this point. Teenage dramas were... The vibe. Again, it didn't matter. Like, And yeah. I think one of the reasons the show ends when it ends is because the whole teen drama thing ends at that period of time. You yeah. Know, uh, Clone High, pretty much, you could argue, was the nexus point. And then after that, <laughs> it was just all downhill Start from us. there. Um, <laughs> On Clone High. But yeah, this, I this, beg you. Because this show feels like it's an entry point, it, it's trying to familiarize you with the trappings of the X-Men. Um, you know, this show does not have a ton of superheroics on display it uh no it's teens training and going to school and this was during a time when high school reimaginings were all over the place Mm -hmm. um like to to me this is the most year 2000 show i've ever seen yeah um in terms of it's a reboot of a classic show it's got a corporate grunge aesthetic it's got a title with a colon in it it's got powerpoint x wipes between scenes and it's just got continuous synthesized filler music like it's so of its time yeah like a lot of the intro a lot of the scenes where it's just like panning into people walking across the outside of a school Mm -hmm. with chill music going on it felt so much like so many scenes from Power Rangers. Just like we need to introduce the scene, so we're going to slowly <laughs> pan into a, a, a school with this with this kind of lo-fi, uh, chill music. Oh, there's was another it, scene jo- drama I forgot about. Power Rangers, yeah. Duh. Yeah, Josh, was, was this um, was the vibe of this show? Did this like appeal to you at the time it or now? Would have been, the, I guess, the teen drama thing that appealed to me then, because I've I don't know if we caught this before or now. Is I I. Never found, like, robots fighting each other. It's okay, like, kaiju. But to me, it's the relationships. That's the things that stand out to me in regards to these programs. Um, It's the relationships. It's the romance. Like, I always was much more into the idea of what would happen if Superman's identity did get exposed to Lois Lane. Things do move in this show. Like, it... 
it's it's not a static property where we just reset at the end of every episode. Things do move. Mm-hmm. I forgot how linear the show is. Because, um, uh, you know... You, As opposed to, like, episodic? Yeah, you think something... And there's episodic episodes in this uh, show, but of you course. think something like Batman Beyond, you don't... You could watch the 20th episode of Batman Beyond first. Right. And still get into it. This, I think, really is a... You really need to start at a certain point, and I know the WB at some point was airing episodes out of order and doing the thing where they do that, yeah. They air an episode, and then the next week they air a rerun, and then the next week they air well, the next episode, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. We weren't yet in the era of like cartoons mm-hmm. that have an established plot line. Like, like they, there are plot lines in this, but they're like they're thin, right? Yeah. Like they mm-hmm. they transpose like whatever's going on with Mystique transposes several seasons Mm -hmm. and like yes if you were super engaged with did you just drink honey from a bear yeah we were talking about this before you showed up and he's got some don't put this in the show or do no i think (laughs) we're gonna put this in the show okay no i won't it's part of my it's my uh mutation kicked in finally it's now i'm very very scratchy you're you're begging us to put it in the show if you're trying to tie (laughs) it back into the x-men again okay so yeah but just so that because people did not see that no easy way for me to jump back in because i don't remember what i was talking about because you drank honey from a bear first thing i drink honey it hurts my throat and when we did the dan versus scream in the last one i was like holy this hurts okay needed something in the event of next time i do this um and you ah, were talking gotcha. about um, something. The the, the oh, seasonality like, like, of it, right? If yes. we think about like Mystique. Jackie Chan Adventures, you can watch an episode. You don't need to know when in the season it shows. It, you just need to know which you need season. to know which season for for the stakes right. to make each sense. Each season has each season has kind of its own arc mm-hmm. to it. Another show um, where they aired things. There's not that much. There's not that much in the way of like needing to jump in at the right time yeah. it, 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 we're not quite at the era of like i don't know like steven universes I'm, I'm or something yeah i was kind of thinking that but that's also can be episodic at times yeah. but that that also has like i don't know this this is starting to have more inertia where like things that have been commented upon previously become commented upon later especially everything with the mystique yeah it, it builds more especially after the first season i think uh most people yeah. regard like it kind of gets going at second season first season is a very interesting choice they spend a lot of it just like building the team acquiring new characters which i this under- is back in the era where every spider-man movie had to have his origin story and, like they just didn't know how to i do understand media it if you're coming to wasn't it origin. from the movie where you're like okay i know xavier and cyclops and now I kind of need to like get exp- uh, who's Shadowcat. Okay, got it. I, I everyone knows who Wolverine is. Yeah. That's the Ben. Wolverine doesn't do anything in this series. No, he show. Okay, Zane. I have a different touch point. I was constantly thinking about when Wolverine came in. I'm sorry, Josh. I need to sideline this conversation for a minute. Kenichi, world's greatest, world's <laughs> ultimate disciple. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm laughing because disciple. Josh turned out the lights to indicate yeah. that, that he's not going to interrupt this you. Is, Persona non grata for this conversation. No, I was, I was turning them off because, oh, talk of Wolverine. <laughs> yeah, so so there is a character in Kenichi where, like, that's basic. Okay, Kenichi is kind of like an X-Men where there's only one student and mm. everybody else is a teacher. Because uh, the main character is somebody who doesn't know any martial arts but wants to learn, and he learns a bunch of martial arts from this, like, dojo 
that have like these five different martial arts masters and one of them is christopher sabbat aka kuwabara aka all might Mm -hmm. who is just a drunk karate master who refuses to teach him he's just around drinking and occasionally shouts at him Mm -hmm. And that is Wolverine. <laughs> Wolverine is just around being like, uh, he, he does the, I watched an episode where he like walks in on some drama and he does the Abe Simpson carousel <laughs> thing where he's like, nope, I'm out. I'm not doing this. Fuck this. <laughs> I, we have not talked yet about the plot of the show and normally Zane gives that. So, oh. Ooh, can I do that? Ooh, 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 ooh. Yeah, but there's yes. not one. Yeah. <laughs> well, the Charles Xavier has opened a... It's one if teens had a clubhouse. Has I don't know what you mean. Opened some sort of clubhouse group, school home for gifted students is the exact the way Jackson's it's phrased. Institute, yes. Where he is recruiting people who have, or kids, teenagers, who have ex- had the X gene come into sight of this system Cerebro recruiting them uh and then sending them to school in the neighborhood so that it's known like okay this isn't just some weird creepy elizabeth smarts type situation yeah oh also in the context of this universe if you're a Mm -hmm. mutant you have superpowers um Mm -hmm. even if it's a superpower that could not possibly be explained explained by a genetic mutation like controlling the weather You're you're dealing with the actual logic of X Men, which is when you fail. Right. Yeah. So I, I have a different read on this situation, which maybe you can help me understand what your interpretation of this show is, Josh. Uh, X Men are historically just a huge civil rights allegory. Yes. Right. Yes. And we will always. With, with yeah. How far? Malcolm X, Magneto, uh, Charles Xavier being the um, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. JFK type. Yeah, but basically, uh, like, extremism in the pursuit of civil rights versus yeah. nonviolent resistance or, or you know, mm-hmm. kind of working with the other side and, like, the diplomacy side of things. But this is where the fact that it got infected with the Kim Possible syndrome is really apparent because I never understood what the Xavier what what the X Institute what Xavier I don't I didn't understand what their mission was right it, it never to me to the episodes that I watched we never really got a mission statement we just started in high school and kind of stayed in high school I, I didn't see the purpose behind yeah. Charles Xavier you know grabbing them up like Ash, Ash Ketchum trying to get every mutant um like we see constantly mystique and and magneto uh and uh, kind of vying for these young impressionable minds um but we we never see really why they're doing it there's not a lot of insight into the movers and shakers in this universe mm -hmm. because we're so focused on the pawns AKA the students. I'd like to delineate a few different aspects, although, Josh, if you wanted to jump in. I think the implication is that he knows something is coming up on the horizon. Now, Mm. it would have been... He did have weird, like, future sight powers, didn't he? I did get that sense, yeah. Like, weird prophecy shit. He was doing some, uh, oh, God, what's the guy from Gargoyles? The Xanatos. He was doing some of that. Didn't watch it. Mm. Uh, I know crazy. There's a a mastermind character. Okay. Um, well, there's other so, master. So, yeah, in this character, there's like four. 
but go ahead. So I want to delineate Actually, a few... one thing before you do, you went to mm-hmm. the civil rights thing. How far into the show did you guys... I know you didn't watch Pillar to Post. Like I, I watched just kind of a smattering. Did you watch so anything like... from three or four? I, I liked season three a lot. I didn't yeah. dip, uh, dip into four much. It very much becomes the civil rights allegory at that point. When so the which... which... Which rights okay. specifically? So back in the original X-Men days, it was clearly the the U.S. civil rights, you know, um, you know, black citizens wanting uh, equal rights. And then in the modern X-Men movies, it's much more queer coded. Yes, it is. Um, in terms of acceptance, you know, that, that line in X2. That intro scene with Angel, Jesus Christ, the, man. The, the line in X2, like, have you tried not being a mutant? Um, that, that kind really of shit. Mind? Yeah, yeah. It, the yeah. early two thousands was not a time for subtlety, yeah. Josh. I was thinking, <laughs> which it... actually changes it a lot because, um, it's it's a it's a part of yourself you can cover up, presumably. Yes. Sure, like the, the the queer coding. People have existed in straight enforced society as yeah. queer people for time immemorial. Like it, it was a viable option. You can't really exist as a black person in a white supremacist state right so i think the message of x-men also changes with that analogy which is very weird to think about yeah i i mean and also there's a group that can't because there are there certainly were in the 50s and 60s people that were part of the uh, lgbtq who absolutely could not or did not hide it paul lind yeah, you know, Rich, yeah, Richard Simmons froze yeah. himself cryogenically so that he could wait until a moment yeah. in which he could emerge as the beautiful butterfly that he is. I need, to point, needed. I need to point out that, like Rip <laughs> Taylor, he never did come out of the closet. Uh, so, huh. something to think uh, about. But, no, he just expanded the closet to be his entire world. Uh, we but need Josh, a Richard Simmons now more than ever. But go ahead. <laughs> Josh, what, um, which allegory was it in the context of this show? Because I have one that I think I, they should have done that I didn't see. It's I mean, can it be a little of both? Teens, Zane. Can it be a little of both? I mean, I think it's just awkward teens, like yeah. uh, troubled teens from disparate home lives. Like mm-hmm. Kurt is a foreigner. Um, yeah, that's his. That's the, that's the real guys. thing that stands out about Kurt is the fact Rogue is a Germany. southerner, which is essentially an alien species. <laughs> All right, I don't think like, we're getting anywhere with that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, I was working so, towards so, that. But that's the thing, though. I don't think that this show successfully connected the alienating high, high school experience with mm-hmm. the mutant uh, uh, minority allegory. I don't think it did that. I think it would have been a much more successful and, um, you know, much more beloved touch point than it is uh, if they'd done so successfully. It honestly felt like wasted opportunity. Yeah. Because the pieces are there. Like, you have, you have some mutants that go to the evil side, which is like, these are minorities who choose you know, who who go down a bad path and can't be pulled back from it versus the side that are, like, kind of welcomed into this group wherein they can flourish. Yeah. All the pieces are there. And there, there are so many allegories that would apply really well here. Like, you could do an ableist narrative, right? You have, you know, the evil mutants who are like, Blob is suffering from, you know, uh, an eating disorder. Toad, clearly, you know, he he's uh, he's got body image issues. He's, I don't he's think that he one had bottom, kid from body high school. Ish, well, he might have had bottom ish, issues as well, but I don't <laughs> he think he really had, had bottom issues. He's that uh, one among kid his from, body. High, from elementary who just always smelled like cat pee. It's not his fault. Yeah. He just doesn't have a good you home You could life. have a, um, you know, a wealth gap uh, uh, narrative where the good, the, the acceptable mutants are the ones who, you know, they, they share their tragic story 
of uh you know with the world and so they are accepted into the elite institutions and the other ones have to rely on each other for you know like there's things you could do i just saw it as we're all mutants going to the same high school for some reason and they cause <laughs> mischief and we try to fix mischief yeah one thing that uh occurred to me that i didn't know because i didn't know how well versed you guys were with the x-men lore is the fact that i'm probably going to other than wolverine i'm probably going to be referring to them by their actual names and not the superhero names Something yeah to think i think about kids i think that's fair like that that was the you know that was the goal i think here except Which for may- rogue who i think is just named rogue well you see the idea is that she is a rogue person right. and she is named rogue i know that you kind of have to really oh my work God. to they, put they, those dots the show together does not trust its audience at all there <laughs> xavier will literally say we'll go catch that rogue <laughs> there is a promo there was a promo on wb i don't know if you can find this where it's, it's I can't remember if it's Charles Xavier doing it or if it's the regular WB narrator going. Uh, Scott Summers is Cyclops. Kurt Bloch. Kurt Wagner is Nightcrawler. Kitty yeah, this Pryde is really smelling of like '90s movie trailer yeah. shit. Jean Grey is Jean Grey. <laughs> she, we we did see like continuity does happen. Mm-hmm in in a lot of like comic ways which is like you can kind of see some of the building blocks are actually beholding to the source material without too much teenagerism mm-hmm. kind of infecting it like Jean Grey is is revealing elements of losing control and having to adopt this separate identity as the phoenix i saw the episode where she started to lose control and the entire thing is just a like public anxiety metaphor which is very good mm-hmm. like that's one of those things that like it's it's already a teen and high school thing, so it's not out of our way. Um, so it was very easy to jump into that, but you saw the building blocks of, oh, we're going to do Phoenix. We're going to do the, the whole Phoenix saga out of this. Yeah. So I think that this is, a, this, is a, a, this is an argument that we can't really stress test because none of us are that familiar with X-Men, but I think that people who were familiar with the comics coming to this show we're kind of well cared for in terms of just like seeing continuity. Well, the memory I have, because I, I had a friend at the time who was very well versed in X Men, and I have a friend now who's very well versed in X Men who I did not consult with because I remember when I was in high school bringing this show up to him, and he was like, "Oh, that show," and I think that was the reaction from most fans of the X Men was this was a bastardization because it's teens in high school it's it's playing fast and loose with the chronology right how could we have that love triangle between cyclops gene and wolverine if wolverine is clearly an adult man yeah and the answer is we don't and i'm thankful for it but thank goodness i'm sure there were other factors that uh people people didn't like the absence of i also think that like just because of the success of the previous cartoon this one kind of couldn't help but come up wanting so so the one show that i hope and prayed you guys would never do was the batman which also is a wb show the Batman, and I remember hating that show as a kid because I had seen Batman the Animated Series. I'm like, this is crap compared to that. On mm. its own, I don't know. I haven't watched it in years, so maybe it's okay. Um, yeah, I mean, quality mm-hmm. varies. So I want to I want to yeah. mention the quality of this show. This was a relatively cheap production. Um, from what I could yep. tell, the average episode cost you know somewhere between three and four hundred thousand dollars. Which is not a lot for a, a normal show. You're running six and seven. Invader Zim was a million per episode. Gee, I wonder like, why that show didn't last long. 
Uh, <laughs> it lives on in our hearts. Yeah. But yeah, so like they just they they kind of oversaturated, especially at WB with this kind of filler content and the mm-hmm. stuff that was better produced, like Jackie Chan Adventures, rose to the top. Um, but still, like despite itself, the show is serviceable, right? It's just not amazing. It has great yeah. parts. Like I when I you you know when you were saying it's made cheap, it's like oh it's because they just recycled everything that was good in animation at the time. Like it looks very good. Mm-hmm. Um, it, at least like everything moves well. All of this. Okay, so if I want I want to jump into sound for a minute because all the sound effects for all the mutant powers. If you're gonna have one thing that you need to do right in this show that is it you need to have that cool sound effect for when shadow cat goes through walls you have it you need to have the bamf sound effect for when nightcrawler jumps through mm-hmm. things you have optic it blast. you've got the shink thing with wolverine's claws you've got the optic blast you even have like these weird little leitmotifs with rogue or uh storm like and the it- villains too mm-hmm. and the villains too so like you will be well taken care of in terms of just like, are you getting quality product? Because, well, the show is uh, is impossible again. Like, you're, we're not doing a lot of new things, so we can put the finishing touches on all this because the base model is kind of mass produced. I love that you keep comparing it to Impossible, which didn't come out for until two years after this. I, okay, well, she—I mean, she was a younger teen back then. She was timeless. She didn't make it big until. Look, I, I don't I don't know I don't know how time works. This is another uh detriment of this show compared to its contemporaries is mm-hmm. Kim Possible. You got like two characters that matter. Batman mm-hmm. Beyond, you got two characters that matter. Jackie Chan Adventures, you got three or four. This show has so many characters and it spends so little time on any given one of them, and the mm-hmm. ones it does spend time on are the ones that either have characterizations that are not similar to their other incarnations or have no characterizations because as far as I can tell, they've never given Cyclops a personality. They just, they just don't care. (laughs) Can I, um, I have a a thing to relate this to. Sure. I think this is a pretty good touch point and it's only different in a couple of ways. Teen Titans. Yeah. Yeah. Got super powered kids in a clubhouse. Mm -hmm. Stop me if you heard this one before. Um, so, the main thing that I noticed with the characterization of any character in this is what episode are we doing? Most important piece of information to figure out this guy's character, what is the episode about? It's an episode about how Spike is unreliable, uh, almost as though he had no character. <laughs> um, it's explored within the context of just that episode. Yeah. There can be elements that sort of carry over into other episodes it's only an issue in that episode like it's a it's a slave to the framework of the of the show itself and this is what we found in teen titans as well is like the the person who's important in combat is the one who has the focus is the one who has the spotlight Mm -hmm. so yeah maybe maybe nightcrawler is kind of a goofus most of the time it's only an issue when the episode wants you to care about it, yep. and then never again. For sure. I only remember the one time where he was the goofus. I mean, he was the goofus throughout, but the, it's, only, time it's exactly rele- yeah, right. the only time it's relevant is when he gets stuck in Middleverse world. In the goof yeah. dimension. Yeah. 
No one's happy there. <laughs> Mixius Pitlick and, and and the Great Kazoo. Go Go Dodo. They're all just yeah. hanging it sucks. out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you like oh, this is kind Every, of great in isolation when, when everything thing. else was the straight man. But mm-hmm. when you all you when you just maxed out on Goof. Yeah. Well, who's going to be our comic um, relief if not for him or not for the middle? It's like you want the Great Kazoo here. But what's weird is when we get to season two, we get the newer kids, and they're far more comic relief. Whatever. Yeah. I, so uh, that's yeah. another thing. There's like tiers of how important these characters are. Mm-hmm. Where. There are these oh, recruits yeah. they're training who just kind of are ancillary, you know, Iceman and them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They, they show up for the purpose of being young recruits, the even though, kid, like, yeah. our other young recruits are not that much more experienced. And yeah. they're, I think they're all the same age, basically. Uh, I mean, like, it's, it's you know, senpais and kohais. So but this, this might Scott be something. Gene Scott are 17, Kurt and mm-hmm. Rogue are 16, Kitty 15. I think everyone after that is 14. Okay, so it's so kind of like casting is, in a Logan, theater she's program. not legal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, Ben. So you're going to need to make some phone calls after this. <laughs> no, so it's kind of like how like high school politics and dynamics works out, right? In a the theater yeah. club, the, you know, the seniors are going to get the better roles. And in that case, this means more screen time. Um, that is true. Mm-hmm. That is kind of... Because we're kind of cutting new territory here... It would have been it would have been very hard to do because the way voice acting talent goes, but like if people could have graduated out of the X Institute sure. and then like leave leave the show for the younger generation and then we can kind of have them fill the shoes that that could have been an interesting way for this to go. Yeah, they kind of try that because Gene and Scott, um, again, I'm using the real names, graduate from high school and everybody hates them there, uh, and then they stay with the institute and teach there. So. They're they're not within so, the teen drama anymore, but they're still part of the show. It gets kind of yeah. They didn't go anywhere. Yeah. So, so this, this they're effectively still the senior members. This ties exactly. back into another huge problem with this show's complete lack of world building. Um, so they are mutants living at the Xavier Institute, which in every yeah. other incarnation is a school. Is it? But they go to public school. Okay, Zane, I see your point. If you try to mention a third scenery, <laughs> I will stop believing you because those are the only two scenes of action but, in this but show. why do they go to school if they live at an institute? Is it just a hotel? Because they're trying to yeah. pass as normies, Zane. Yeah, but it's... But- it's the queer straighting again. Sure. Like, it, they're trying to pass. I know there's an analogy of things where they actually do have kids who go to... Who are at some sort and of the marginalized communities to. have to work twice yeah. as hard. All right, so this is the other problem with the world building, which is I have no sense of the stakes. I have no sense of whether the world at large hates mutants, doesn't know about mutants. We only mutants. have Professor <laughs> Xavier's word. So you didn't see the beginning. We, we of don't season see two. governmental officials well, cussing I, I them I did, out. I saw the first episode of season two where they're like, "Yeah, these guys are mutants," and everybody turns on them, and then they get mind wiped because. Professor Xavier yeah. just shows up at the end of every episode to mind wipe whoever needs se- it. <laughs> at the end of the season, he no longer has that luxury. So. Ooh. I'm going to, um, that that's a good retcon. I'm going to explain this in a way that Josh will understand. Yes. There's no scene like that part in the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man where we're seeing a bunch of people on the street mm. commenting upon mm. what they think about Spider-Man. Yeah, we have no clue. There's no... There's no New Yorker who's like he stinks and I don't like him. There's there's none of that in this show. Well, once once they're out in the open in season three, there is, which is just nothing okay. but go home, X Men, go home. You know, oh good, the oh, okay. stuff that horribly still relates today. 
Yeah, don't yeah. they have the senator from the movies as like the principal? And then he runs for mayor. Yeah. And then he runs for mayor. Yeah. So, but, the, but you're kind of you're kind of outlining a difficulty here, which is you you kind of can't do that political societal message while still trying to be teens in high school. Right. It's not their job. Mm-hmm. You have no power. You have to go to class, idiot. <laughs> So there's a, there's a bunch of young people listening to this who are just like, I'm like, when the minute I turn 21, we can only hope there's a bunch of young people listening to this. Yeah, yeah. I did. I did sideline. I did an anime convention where I had an anime character guessing competition, and that was the moment I realized I am no longer an old man inhabiting a young body. I'm just an old man because <laughs> no one knew any of the characters that. Oh I no. Knew. Yeah, so, but yeah, uh, they remade Astro Boy, kind of. And damn it, why didn't I put Astro Boy as one of them? Because although I don't think you that... didn't have a can of Crisco for your hair. <laughs> That's true. Well, I yeah, they didn't recognize any of the characters from Detective Conan. Didn't recognize any of the characters from Ranma. Didn't recognize any of the. These are the shows you, I. You, you dressed up as Case Clothes. No, it no, was he, it was he a slideshow. Yeah. Slide comes up. He, uh, they don't character. have a series of costumes. Force you to get in them, and then tell people I'm this character. That <laughs> would have been imagine? great. What's the convention? If I had an incredibly high budget, that would have been a great way to do it. That would have been. Yeah, that would have been fun. Different person. Yeah. But you were you were stuck at four to five hundred thousand dollars, and there's only so much a guy can do with that. The grand prize was a hundred dollars, and the guy who won, who got eighteen out of like thirty four, the next highest was like twelve. Uh, he the, ah. the prize was a hundred dollars, and I'm like, okay, here's your thing. Give me this email so you can go. He's like, oh, I didn't even know there was a prize. <laughs> Damn. I just wanted I mean, to show up all those kids. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The guy who shows up to Quizzo and then is like, no, thanks. I don't drink and puts on his leather jacket, pops his collar and walks out into the sunset. Um, but I'm glad that you mentioned that um, they do incorporate humans as as a plot point um, later on, because for that first couple of seasons, which is where I, I mostly focused, um, it it does seem weird, another one of those wasted opportunities where <clears throat> the the conceit is that they can go to a high school where there are humans, but all of the plots are X-Men and the Brotherhood interacting. Yeah. There, there's no there's no room for humans. So it's nice to know that there becomes room later, and it sounds like that is um you know, probably better for the team and maybe a little less individual focused. It also strains credulity a little bit because this high school has a, you know, national public disaster every week that is always a mutation erupting because they only have like three places where they can go to have action happen. And one of them has to be a high school because they're just being teens in high school. Yeah. Well, the second season opens with the whole, I think like the whole, doesn't the whole school get burned down or is it just the whatever? Uh, I don't think so. I've seen the school... Past that I know point. that they have to rebuild the institute at some point. <laughs> that gets completely from destroyed. Season two onward is yeah. just all the cast showing up to the smoking <laughs> crater. <laughs> we said smoking we crater. I thought like smoking cigarettes, which would, which there is a place in there called the smoking crater that they do. But yeah, um, yeah, that's a good name is, for a bar. It's teen drama more so than that, and I do think you make a good point. Is the fact that everything is centralized to this one area, which is probably why housing was so cheap. Um, not the best school system. It's also, yeah, it's also um, just, you know, we're talking about the weaknesses of the show and how, like, the missed potential, the focus on the high school really robs it a lot of the potential. Yeah. The thing you're talking about, the societal commentary, mm-hmm. the, the, the senator, the government getting involved in the X-Institute, how does the X-Institute present to, you know, 
the the pearl clutching moderates who kind of want to accept mutants but their their kids are in danger at school like it, all of that stuff is is more interesting to me and can't happen when our focus is so is is so tightly confined to this school which it has to be yeah um i don't know if but the pieces are yeah. there yeah, I mean it's 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 focused in on the school, but it's spread out among a large number of characters, um, which is which is part of the weakness. Like the best episodes I saw focused in on one or two characters, um, and and not just like the focus was on them, but all the other characters were not present. Um, that's yeah, that's really nice. It, it makes me think that Teen Titans was the success that it was because it capped out at like five or six. Mm-hmm. Well, and you really. You really got a feeling for all the ways in which Raven and Beast Boy, their their relationship is, so, despite being like 10 years old or something, their relationship is so much more complex mm. than Gene and Cyclops. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. I remember when I turned 10, <laughs> man, those those were the hardest teen years when you're 10. Um, <laughs> you said they were 10. That oh, was yeah. you. That's you. You said they were 10 years. Okay, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, I think also before <laughs> when we're on the note of Teen Titans, I think one of the reasons why Teen Titans because originally people forget this, it originally was going to premiere on WB. Oh, and then it moved really? to Cartoon Network, and I think one of the reasons was because it was not like this program or like Batman Beyond. I think that's what they thought they were getting the WB, and then when the kids WB went more, they weren't doing the post traumatic stress yeah. disorder episode like they did on Teen Titans. Yeah. Here, <laughs> it's got a little bit more. Well, there's a couple, but it. This is not quite delving into the issues that we will get to later in kids' shows, um, for better and for worse. I would love to see this show try to handle an episode like the one where that alien calls Starfire the N-word. We Well, we do. Again, you do have them going, mutant, get out of here. I'm sure there was yeah. some sl- mutant-related slur that was being thrown around that I don't remember because I... X-Menace. I- I'm not going to need you to cite your sources on that one. Let's brain. Let's brainstorm some slurs again. <laughs> I was too busy focusing on love triangles. The thing that yeah. I was focused on when I was again the thing that drew me to it when I was 11. It's like because to me that's more interesting is a yeah. normal person with superpowers rather than a superhero. Um, you know, yeah. I think yeah. at the time I was also more interested mm-hmm. in the teens, and coming to it now, I was more interested in what the fuck is going on with Wolverine and Storm. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Why are like, they what there? Are their lives like? <laughs> well, how do they get paid? We never. Do they have families? <laughs> I don't know anything. Why about is Sabretooth showing up and, and pledging a lifelong vendetta, and then we don't see him again? <laughs> is that a thing in the regular X Men shows? Do they just beat the crap out of each other, Sabretooth and Wolverine? I, I think so. Which, by the yeah. way, I think this is the most calm Wolverine we ever get. He's around kids. That's true. He he is he is snarky, but it is contained. Uh, there's mm. one part where like Scott was you know t- talking to him about like, hey, what do I do if you know I, I have feelings for somebody and I don't know how to express them, and it it was just like Wolverine just getting more and more upset with like him because like he's trying to solve a task, and eventually he says like. Listen, kid. If you if you don't uh, if you don't ask her out by Christmas, I'm going to. And that's a nice little like little yeah. reference to the re- love triangle without like. <laughs> yeah, that's cute. But also, Wolverine. The only thing I saw him do was like trying to fix the TV antenna yeah. on the top he's of the like mansion. He's like the Brock Samson of that mansion. Yeah. He's the yeah. Well, he's training them how to. There's always like the how to, yeah. How to what be. Was the, what was Arlie Ermy's character in Full Metal Jacket? 
Although I guess he's less abusive uh, than the that. drill sergeant. Yeah, he's, he's like the. I think he's just referred to as the drill sergeant. Sergeant Gunnery, thank you, Brain. Uh, he's like the mm, badass teacher that you're supposed to like. Oh crap! We gotta go to class with him. Badass is not Roger Lee. Yeah. Hard ass, I think, is Thank probably you. closer to the mark. Yeah, he's that hard or ass. Jackass. Hard ass. Wolverine is a hard ass when it comes to training. Uh, when it comes no. to everything else, it's like because this is the relationship I had care. with my teachers, which is when you were out of class, literally just walking like, oh hey, yeah, oh hey, <laughs> teacher Scott. I didn't go to a... Which, by the way, I didn't... Well, half the teachers in that school are mutants, man. Yeah. Like, they, they got their own secrets. They're not willing to, you know, bust up some knuckles. Well, I... And I also can't... I don't know how... You Did you guys go to public high school or regular high school? I went to art high school. Um, so, like, the school from fame, but smaller. So, I can't oh. relate to a lot of the regular high school experience. I don't know how similar this is, other than, you know... It, it was than, a lot of yeah. it was a lot of stuff like fame. Yeah. Also, which, which it was, fame? it's not uncommon for your teacher to hulk out and break walls apart mid lecture. It happened from time to time. <laughs> that's just that's just how he's getting that's into just character. How you know, mm-hmm. you're in a diverse environment. It's method. Um, yeah. My teacher would yeah, tell jokes I, that I can't repeat here. Go ahead. And yet, <laughs> I feel as though we're going to hear something. No, you will not um, hear them. No. Can I can I refocus yes, us onto absolutely. a specific topic? Yes. We haven't really talked about individual characters, and I don't think I'd be doing my due diligence unless I asked you guys who you were most drawn to. Like, who did you enjoy watching this go around? I was going to phrase it, well, we can do that too, the way I would have phrased it, which was, which character did you most relate, when you were in high school, which character did you most relate to, and why was it Toad? <laughs> Uh, side note, yeah. Toad's voice actor deserves easily half of the budget. Yeah, yes. I'm looking it up. I think that's Ooh, Joe Pesci. <laughs> He's not Canadian, is he? <laughs> it sounds like Joe I Pesci. I didn't know he was Canadian. It sounds like Joe Pesci or Scott Menville. No, uh, it, it had to have, I didn't look it up before coming here, and I didn't... I can't place it with the other, because this was done by the Ocean Group, so I don't know. I just kept hearing clamps. <laughs> that wasn't... It's so... Yeah. I kept hearing Ranma, I heard Inuyasha, I heard yeah. My Little Pony, I heard... Iron Reaper Soul here. Stealer. Yeah, and we'll talk more, hopefully. We, we, which character... Okay, the character that stood out most? Can, no, what, which one did you like the most? Can we... Okay, can we disqualify the adults? Uh, no! Okay, well, then the obvious answer is Wolverine. Second would be Kurt... Third would be... I, I liked Kurt as a kid. I also liked Cyclops yeah. as a kid. Third would be Lance. I think I just liked the fact that he wore sunglasses yeah. all the time. It's pretty cool. It's still yeah, pretty, pretty cool. cool. Guy. <laughs> yeah. Third would be Lance. I do. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I liked Avalanche quite a bit um, mm-hmm. from what I saw of him. He seemed like... Just Lance to his friends. He seemed more textured mm-hmm. than um, most of the villains and honestly most of the heroes. He Did, and um, uh, Shadow, Shadow Cat... Mm-hmm. Whose name is just Kitty, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Legal name. I think it's that way in the comics. Uh, you see, yeah. the idea is that um, she is. They apparently is Kitty, have like a romance thing. And she is cat. swift. They, they apparently and have a. So you may not catch that, but go ahead. And pride, have, like a yeah, lion. Very subtle. They they apparently have like a like a like a. I was gonna say twin cess, but that's not it. They have some sort of romance, like villain. <laughs> then forgot the word for relationship and went straight to yeah, twin cess. I did. <laughs> One thing that did stand because that was my favorite relationship growing up because I was. 10 years old and I was with that weird thing where I wanted other people to, to fall in love and that yeah. always confused me because if you see the first episode 
Did you see the first episode with those two? Probably not. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I did. did. Yeah. Like they're, they're she... Literally, he's like, helped me, like, treating her like an object. Uh, yeah. And it always struck me weird that it went from that to suddenly they're dating. Now, did, I want to see you... Avalanche's home life. That is yeah. that is what I want to did... see. I want to know why he is manipulative and a bully. We need to talk about the elephant room. Did you do you did you read into the first episode of season two? The story about that. Remind okay, me. Okay, so that episode aired about I think literally within weeks after nine eleven, mm-hmm. and there is a scene. There, and you can notice that it's in the Disney Plus version as well. It's a very jarring edit. There is a scene that was edited out where uh, something is falling on Kitty and he runs oh. over and pushes her out of the way and then gets crushed by it. And then there's the very awkward scene where she's like holding like holding him, trying to figure it. And that was the start of it. And mm. as a kid, that scene wasn't there and I was very confused. Uh, that's... It- Thankfully, that scene is not in the Disney Plus, but it's all, you can see it online. Go watch it, kids. It's kind of like how um, in the X-Men movie when uh, Storm lightning bolts Toad with that awful one-liner. Um, <laughs> you know, do you know what happens to a Toad when it's struck by lightning? Same thing that happens to everything else. <laughs> I think that one-liner is pretty good. Apparently, yeah. there were other lines that Toad gave throughout the movie of like, you ever know, do you know what a Toad does when it's under threat or something? And they just cut all those out, so they are only left with that one. <laughs> Lame. Oh, man. I I still kind of like it in isolation. I think it's kind of <laughs> cool. Also, Storm gets so little screen time, it's almost comical. It's, it's very weird. Yeah. See, that's the other thing. Like, I can't... The one person with the accent and the off-skin color is like, we can't give you any lines, man. I can't give a lot back. of... Like, I can't put into words a lot of these characters personalities because i don't think a lot of them come through and the ones that do come through are a little jarring like have, they, like they don't they're not they're not um consistent we, is kitty pride supposed to be the a valley girl or is she supposed, supposed to be a brainiac i can't tell definitely not brainiac she, she, valley I, more than brainiac i know that depending on the episode kitty pride either is the kind of punk aesthetic that rogue is all the time or the heartthrob aesthetic that Jean Grey is all the time. But they only had those two buckets for teen girl. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So they couldn't really find a middle ground for her that made sense. Well, and you have Rogue, who was just basically... And this is a thing that I... Okay, so for to to answer your question... I also love Scott, Rogue, by the way, as a character. Cool guy who doesn't get into fights. Jean, your Kim Possible, does everything. Gets the highest grades on every sports team. Kurt, the guy yeah. in the back of the class that you like get says things that you could never get away with saying, but you love him regardless. He's uh, a goober. He, Rogue, he's from a he's from a foreign country. Yeah. Maybe those yeah, you know he gets he gets a pass. Kitty, uh, innocent valley girl, kind of unaware. Um, That's like a girl next door sort of archetype. Thank you. That's the better word. Evan, your rebel, um, and then Rogue is your. You'd think Rogue would be the rebel with a name like rogue she's the goth loner yeah. she's she's, she's the, um, the basket case from yeah. uh from breakfast she's ally sheedy from the breakfast these club. are all breath these, these this is the breakfast these are all club. breakfast clubs yeah yeah what if the x-men was the breakfast club professor xavier X-Men you wanted Evolution. us to write a letter about who we think we are we're the x-men and <laughs> end of movie that's not bad that's pretty good yeah. also xavier is the janitor in that uh yeah. why <laughs> wait was the janitor a character yes or am I the thinking janitor of- 
And the only reason I remember okay. that is because Rick... I wasn't sure if I was talking about, thinking about that or Ferris Bueller. There is, the only reason I remember is because Rick Moranis was originally going to be the janitor. Um, Who was the principal? Because uh, that, like, comically villain Je- persona of a principal Je- in that and Ferris Jeffrey Bueller. Jones was the principal in Ferris Bueller, and he was the one that won nothing. And you kind of feel bad for it at a certain point. It's like, yeah. He, he's in the midst of a blood vendetta. Yeah. That the other side doesn't know about. And then the yeah. the principal in Breakfast Club, I don't remember the actor who played him, but he's the one who's like, I'm going to literally grabbing them going, I'm going to get you one day, you stupid kid. You think you can take me? <laughs> like, like he's going to get into a fight with Judd Nelson at some point. Judd Nelson's character. I got into a fight with real Judd Nelson. It was surprisingly easy to that'll, win. That'll only be supporting his worldview. Don't you yeah. understand that's not how you reach that kid? Yeah, yeah that, 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 that central X-Men dichotomy doesn't come up a lot uh, from what I saw. <laughs> it's much more small scale, like... Well, maybe well, I mean, we should here... break in and change our grades. Well, maybe we shouldn't. Well, uh... no. <laughs> well, he... all the all the teachers are like comically well-meaning, like n- neutered non-personalities well... in this. Like it's a it's a very Seventh Heaven Dawson's Creek sort of n- notion of what an authority figure is that I actually found very funny every time. Every time it wasn't a mutant, it was just a well-meaning adult <laughs> trying to help kids I lo- well the other thing is mystique in the first season is the principal principal bloodworth which if your name is mm-hmm. bloodworth it's like having the name like evilton or something um mr Coffin. they have this weird kind of cold AKA war Dracula. thing going on where professor x knows that she's the principal and she knows about them <laughs> but they can't do <laughs> right. anything and it's- why did i send my impressionable teens who i'm trying to train to a school where my enemy is the principal. Oh, Keep your enemies. They're having, they're having like a, they're having a job war over yeah. there. Oh, interesting. They're trying to, mm-hmm. yeah, like remember the parable of Job. How could it's I like, forget? Devil's like, I'm gonna fuck up this guy, and God is like, okay, but I bet he'll love me anyway. That's what the professor and Mystique are doing. That does that feels accurate, Josh. So I didn't, <laughs> I didn't see much Magneto. What's What's Magneto? the deal with Magneto in this uh, one? He, uh, did you see Pietro? Quicksilver? Uh, no, no, I didn't see him. So uh, we get him. He's got a rivalry with Spike. Uh, Evan. Sure. Uh, and then we learned that... Is, is Spike new? Spike is made for this. He was? Is okay. he? Yeah. This is new. He doesn't He doesn't show up in other X-Media. Ve- he's kind pretty of clear ext- he's made for this. He's kind of extraneous because they were like, we need a guy with Wolverine abilities who's not Wolverine because we have Wolverine here yeah. as an adult for that, no reason. Boy, that is so true. I'm sorry, Josh. <laughs> please continue what you were saying. I just, no. I couldn't get rid of the thought of what the fuck is Spike doing here. But please, go. Uh, and then... We see the Magneto character throughout. He's the one that's controlling Mystique for the first season, at least. And then... He kind of shows up as, like, a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> like, is everything going he's, he's according like to plan? like this weird psychic impression. Yeah. yeah. Which is weird, because I don't think that's a power of his, so I'm not sure. Like, he must have been there at some point. In the, he's, in he can't comics, go ghost. Yeah. Comics Mystique, like Mystique as could I have understand it, it, not him. I'm pretty sure Mystique is devoted to him. Yeah. Yeah, like, like a that. blood I, pack? Like, I, I think it's a loving retainer kind of thing so you know that mystique is kurt's oh i guess you want me to tell you about uh so season two he i'm trying to remember everything that happened because i watched all 52 of them in a period of less than a week you didn't have to um, rest do assured that. we're not going to call you on any of so there's it. this episode where magneto uh he invents a gin and tonic and then he you know conquers space and then um, and then he let me, and then Clip he gave it. me candy and cigarettes, and he let me stay up till nine, eight, till nine the next day. 
And you never uh, let me stay up till the, nine, but he did, and I yeah, think it went well. <laughs> one of those things where he's the big bad. You need to go to school and eat a balanced breakfast. He's the one that exposes mutants to the world. Okay. And then he is crushed by one of his uh, mechanical monster things, or so we're led to believe. Uh, yeah, because he's yeah. controlled by it. Presumably he would be able yeah. to stop. Are you telling me that the guy whose entire, like, MO is the world has mistreated mutants and now I need to fight back is the one who told the world that mutants exist? Yeah, because I think it just, it just It just feels very confusing. Because he's like, you know, you think you can... Because t- that's what happens in season two with Lance. He's like, hi, we're mutants. Get ready to die. Well, yeah. I mean... Yeah, I don't know. The... the, the one of the thing, the one of the relationship that gets backburnered, which it would be really helpful both in the personality of the villains as well as the overarching political message, is the Magneto Xavier one, mm-hmm. which in every other incarnation seems to be explored more. But in this incarnation, and I can't say this enough times, we're in high school, <laughs> right? We're just always in high school, and Magneto and Xavier have nothing to say to each other. Because they're not high schoolers anymore, and that's it. That that that's the be all end all <laughs> of their relationship. They they can't have it in this show. There's the you know Magnus, which his name is Magnus. You see, the idea there is because he's kind of a magnetic person, and his name is Magnus. Mm-hmm. You know, it's right. You kind of got you kind of got to pay it. attention to get the to get the, the thing there. <laughs> um, we don't see the scenes of them as yo as youths uh, escaping. We see. Magnus escaping Poland uh, by way of Wolverine and Captain America in this show at least I don't know what happens in the comic books Wolver- fun fact Wolverine Captain America shows up in yes, this? yes he shows up because he was the I can't counterpoint no he doesn't <laughs> isn't Captain America no I guess they are Marvel yes. Jesus Christ I keep on thinking he's DC because he behaves like a DC yeah. <laughs> no well and also he disappeared for, and I think they're playing off this was because there was a while where Steve Trevor is his name right died in the comp yes. like he came back and then he he died and he came back in he the died 80s in something world war ii related and then he came back or themed and then he died again because he's like wow the world sure has changed since 19 19- rewind america sure has changed since 1944 when everybody was where's wonder yeah. woman i want my binky yeah. <laughs> from steve trevor uh, yes yeah. wolverine and captain america helped free concentration camp survivors and during world war ii one of whom this isn't one of those superman fought muhammad ali kind of things is it i don't know it's if like whole... superman fought hitler things i think in the comics wolverine did fight in world yeah, war ii for the, Can- for the canadian air force or something um yeah i can't be by the way i can't we'll talk about the canada thing in a minute but i can't be the only one that notices that we only have one openly because there's this stereotype as someone with Canadian ancestry, that Canadians are nice and polite and kind. You know, we've all heard it a billion times. That the only openly Canadian character is by far the most angry and violent person ever. <laughs> I can't be the I can't well, be the first person to point that out. He's just he's just drunk and not interested in this. That's not really yeah, he's, the not, same he's thing. not really involved mm-hmm. in the in the plots too often. He's yeah. he's, he's basically just wallpaper. Yeah, and we never do so, we never do find out why he and Sabretooth want to beat the crap out of each other. But go ahead. We don't even know why he's there. Yeah, it, it is. A, he could just be someone who refuses to leave. He's a vagrant. There are kind of two. You don't tell Wolverine to do anything. He wants to live in your house. You let him live in your house. That you, you mean his house? 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, from what I can tell, there are two interpretations of, the locks of how out. this would fit into an X-Men timeline, and they yeah. don't make sense with each other. One is Magneto. And this is almost a high school AU before those were popular. Well, that's the yeah. thing. Magneto and Xavier may have, like, had a contest of wills in public, and now everybody's laying low and they're raising the next generation. That's That's one possibility. The other is this predates, you know, everybody finding out about mutants that's why the the principal becomes the mayor will become the senator but then but then why are they fighting now i, I don't know yeah i, I, I kind of get lost no, no, I, i'm trying i'm I trying think to it's map a decent on read like, of it especially because the x-men that we usually encounter are uh, mm-hmm. by all means like uh, like adults yeah or at least like the senior members are, have it a bit more together and aren't going to high school with goddamn Toad. I, I guess like my problem is Toad has been. <sighs> let's let's focus on Toad for Absolutely. a second because go for it. Because Toad at the beginning is like kind of given a solid like he kind of gives the nod to Scott. Yeah, right. He gives he gives the nod to Cyclops. He's like, hey, thanks for bailing me out, man. That's not a relationship that generally exists in X Men. Like there there's no Toad that isn't just spiteful a spiteful little gremlin to every x-man right like that i think that these if you wanted to interpret this entire friend this entire show as like an introduction like the 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 prologue to every kind of x-men continuity you're familiar with it might play a bit better you just have to you you have to be a little bit loose with the continuity. I, I'm, I'm less interested in fitting this into where you know in, into the X Men broadly. I'm more concerned with like, what was the purpose of this show? What was the goal for of this as an art form? If if there was one besides just like, hey, let's put out a bunch of characters and cash grab. I presumably there was some market research that led them to be like, we want to make an X Men movie, and you could probably port that same market research to we want to make an X Men show. It may have been. Well, how long did the, was the movie in development for? It couldn't. It, it's not like someone said let's make an X Men movie, and they made it in a twenty one beautiful days. Yeah. <laughs> twenty one days of that. Yeah, like they had to have known this had to have been a tie. Like there, oh, yeah. there's something that we can go oh, to WB and go. There's a movie coming out. We want to pitch you a cartoon that you can market off that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then WB going, we're the teen network. We want a teen show. We'll make you that Venn diagram. And to be honest, that Venn diagram was probably pretty big at the time. Mm-hmm. Like all the all the people who were into X-Men were either like aging out of media demographics that are catered, mm-hmm. catered to or they were – you know, younger kids when the old X-Men show was on. Which begs my question is like, were you embarrassed to watch this show as a kid? Oh, hell no. Okay. no. I was. This show kind of slaps. Well, like, I, I don't, like, we've been talking a lot of shit about it. I think it's pretty good. It, it just, um, it's sharply limited in what it can deliver because it's so much like other teams. It shows. lacks the gravity of what I would come to expect from uh, what this show would be if it was made today. Yeah, yeah, that that's a good way to put so it. Which is the only way I can really imagine it. I didn't lose my shame until I was fourteen. At that point, I'm like, that? I don't care. Yeah, we all read the. Yeah, papers. I don't care what people know. I know I watch and don't watch anymore. I don't care, like because it's like I realized, you know, the stuff I watched back then was a lot more fun than the crap that's on now. Yeah, that kid is yeah. dead. With, you can't be held accountable. But I was still very much concerned. What do my peers and my family think of the show? And I think if you were the comic book 
like whereas the Venn diagram ideally is inclusive of people, this was actually separatist because if you're a ten year old, you want to watch X Men. It's like, well, then yeah, but there's this teen drama crap. And then if you're mm. a teenager, you're like, oh yeah, uh, you know, watching the teen drama of X-Men, but like, yeah, but that's that kiddie X-Men thing. And I think that was yeah. something that kind of worked against it. The longer other... we can keep kids watching Kids WB, the better. Yes, because it... Re- rebuttal your experience. Mm-hmm. You were a kid who was not yet in the teenage demographic, necessarily, but you were still intrigued by the romance. Yes. Like, this is... I didn't want my peers to know that, but I think this show is pretty good as, like, little brother watching their older siblings play or do whatever they're doing like watching the older sibling at some sort of sport team event and being like they're so cool yeah the, the sh- that's got to be a lot of the draw the, the show is very much a a like maybe yeah tweens idea of what a cool yes. teen show is <laughs> yeah with plenty of don't do drugs in there for you know just to keep everyone nice and quiet funnily enough we do not get the don't do drugs subplot which obviously wouldn't be drugs it would be those patches from batman beyond or something mutagen there's a bunch yeah. of yeah there's a bunch of subplots that are a bunch of uh typical teen plot lines that we don't get which surprised me uh, we don't get a Freaky Friday episode. That always bummed me oh. out. This was the era in which Static Shock had that gun episode. That, is, oh, that yeah. gun violence yeah, one. They, uh, they didn't want to take away... Was Static before this or after this? This was after this. So Static saw that... I think it was so after this. It was the same time. It was contemporaneous. So that saw that that yeah. show didn't do it, and it's like, we got to steal that thunder before X-Men gets on it. And that's the other thing. And lightning. Uh, Who knows how long it's going to be until a mass shooting again. <laughs> oh, we might not have another chance. It was a different time. Yeah. Uh, one of the things no good? on Disney... Too close? I guess it was. <laughs> I mean, nope, don't make that joke, uh, Josh. Uh, so nope. going on Disney Plus... I already made the worst one. Just let's leave it at that. Oh, you should hear Where's the Nick? jokes that my theater teacher did that I didn't tell you earlier. Those were even better. So I got Disney Plus. It is so... It stands out so much so not only from the other animated shows on there, but also from the other Marvel shows on there. It mm. stands out just in its... like It's so unlike anything marvel did before or subsequent to this yeah that's so weird because it's so much like properties like Mm -hmm. uh, teen shows that aren't marvel exactly which makes it weird it's like i'm what it's like you know you got your (laughs) ducktales you got your adventures of the gummy bears Mm. you got your kim possible and then suddenly you have animated less shitty dawson's creek type superhero show um I'd be really curious to see how this would be rebooted. Not the X-Men in general, but this property specifically. Because I feel like there's still a lot you can do with this. And I think there would be enough nostalgia now for, you know, some people for it to work. So, I don't know about that. I will... Yeah, it... This... It's just really weird. This feels like... You know, when you're talking about, like, that Venn diagram of here's all the things that Marvel do, and then here's all the teen shows mm-hmm. and that Venn diagram has this weird overlap for just a second and then those circles split apart again you have like this weird little like <clears throat> this this self-enclosed bubble that's what this show is yeah. it just yeah. it sort of exists in isolation and nothing can really touch it anymore that just doesn't it didn't go anywhere it didn't really come from anything and it's and it's the di- the difference is the the deliberate choices that were made that make this show distinct don't make it worse or better. They just make it different. Any that it, yeah. yeah. There, I mean, and it's really I mean, like, weird. I, we could theory craft that thinking more about the teacher student relationship with like Wolverine and uh, Spike would be pretty cool. It could be better. 
Yeah. It could we're, be worse. We're guessing, though. We have <laughs> no idea. Yeah. Like, it just... We don't have enough context for... Yeah, but we don't have enough context because it's always Dawson's Creek by the end of it. It just occurred to me that uh, we are recording this. Should we leave that in there, the recording date? I'll leave that up to you. But the premiere of season two of Invincible is is tomorrow. Oh, yeah. shit. I got to go. Okay. okay. Thanks <laughs> what, for having crap? me on, guys. But, uh, <laughs> no, no, no. no. It, that... it's just, I'm very excited for the, the next season so, of Invincible. With I've Invincible. Love sorry, the first season. I could be watching Survivor right now. With Invincible. You, uh, you've had enough. No. You could be watching Survivor, or, you know, I could, yeah. So the joke uh, that I used to do is, you could watch Survivor, or, you know, I could rewatch an episode of Mr. Belvedere. Hmm. Mm, yeah, I mean, I, I could, yeah. I could sand down my testicles. <laughs> I was show looking very for bad I just wanted an interjection. Yeah. You can continue. <laughs> I'm, a, Not I'm you in Camp Ben now. The show blows. Uh, and I blame Mark Burnett for a lot of the problems in the world. <laughs> um, what was I talking about? Crap, I've already forgotten. We are recording this before the release of Invincible Season 2. Mm. And with that show, it's a similar thing to this, where I don't know that I'm really that much interested in the whole macro superhero plot. I'm much more interested in the... Well, because this is something that I think about a lot, because my childhood was very boring. What would life be like if I were a teenager with superpowers? The only thing you can do is map whatever... Whatever kind of um, marginalizing affect yeah. you had as a kid onto superpower. You, all you can do is try to Peter Parker the thing, which is like, yeah. eh, it means nerd and puberty. Like, it, it, when I try to think of, like, what I would have done with a superpower, it's not all that dissimilar to what happened yeah. when I started growing a mustache and didn't know how to shave. But would you go public? <laughs> like, I'd keep it to myself, because, like, I was embarrassed. Like, I, I wouldn't do anything with exactly, it. Exactly, but... In these shows, they're called to action and they're called to do well. So imagine teenager. Wow, that's really hard. Minority. Wow, that's even more difficult. Now throw in superpowers that no other person on Earth has that no one can relate to. Can't train Buddy, you. are in for a rough vote. adolescence. And so it's like Can't now... Wikipedia. Yeah. Huh. Now go out there and save the world. Which it's always... It does... Yeah. Th- there's clearly a need for an ex-institute. Yes. Um, and you, you do kind of see them use it more in later seasons with, you know, training the young guard. But, uh, yeah, those, those uh, like Ben said, those spheres of high school and superheroics are not intersecting here. Yeah. And I can't, can't imagine them intersecting for my life. Whenever I think, you know, as a kid when I was thinking, what if I had superpowers? It was never using them in the context of my day-to-day life. It's like, this is a new extracurricular. <laughs> yeah. Can I, can I bring to mind uh, Teen Titans one more Absolutely. time? Absolutely. Because... The thing that I you think get two more. made it, it the thing that I think made it stand out as kind of its own thing and gave it its real identity. Where are the teachers or parent like authority figures? They don't even exist. Mm. They're not there. Like maybe, maybe there's a Batman that that exists, if only to comment upon some weird paternal instinct that Robin has. But like, we don't really have that relationship we just have teen with superpower in a clubhouse and narrowing down our focus to just that gives us a lot you know we're we're we're, we have a lot more leeway to express ourselves when we don't have to tie everything to we better get back before curfew or (laughs) no and and the fact that they also don't go to school is helpful but yeah I, i i think I think it's one of those weird examples of, like, just 
more constraint kind of being better yeah than less sure yeah you need like, you need just, you need a just focus not even having the variable of authority figure means that we don't have to acknowledge them we're not pretending to play a broader narrative about teens developing in certain ways we can just talk about the superpower antics and the inter-team dynamics mm-hmm. we don't have to we don't have to do anything else yeah. yeah, I definitely want to hit a couple of, uh, you know, uh, uh, production points, you know, yep. animation Please and sound do. before we uh, close out. Mm-hmm. So uh, animation wise, I had mentioned before, pretty limited budget. Um, I think they do well with what they have, but it is pretty, pretty clear. There's choppy animation. They they don't necessarily use their powers a lot in fight scenes they will find excuses outside of fight scenes to show one person's power like at a time um it's not it's not busy fast-paced fight scenes either like you would see in jackie chan no it's very it's very heavily choreographed right but i don't think they're they're trying to do more with less yeah and i think it didn't it didn't hurt that they're like we're gonna focus more on less rewind that we're gonna focus less on the superhero fight sequence aspect of it uh, at least for the first few seasons i think by four it basically becomes that um mm-hmm. but this was done by film roman film roman who did dan versus later and who also did the simpsons the garfield specials those snoopy things um not things that were snoopy again this is kind of confusing but the character snoopy i don't know you, what that adjective is <laughs> like in the manner of snoop you, you, see, the, like you see the idea is that he is named Snoopy, and he snoops around. It's, oh, like you kind of got to think about it to get it. You know, like Clark Kent. Yeah. What a snoop! Yeah. It's a DC property now. Yeah. Uh, film Roman, and uh, did this win an Emmy? Am I wrong? Am I insane? Yeah, I think what did it, it for? won an Emmy somewhere in there. They're just giving out Emmy for Cyclops re- yeah. representation, maybe. What What did it win an Emmy for? I'm not looking it up because I'm lazy. Best X Men of. I, I would give it that one. Though. I thought this was Gotta the best X-Men cartoon, but... Okay. X-Men Outstanding Sound Mixing. This show did have great sound mixing. I agree mixing. with that. I, <laughs> I actually agree yeah. with that wholeheartedly. Yeah, I, I can... I, it's just very funny to me because it also had the most sound mixing. <laughs> it's just like... There you go. It's never quiet in the show. There's always a background, like, synth hip-hop beat going on. Oh, I like that. It's just very of its time. Well, that's the... Sure, but like it, it, it doesn't subtract from like it, it elevates or at least it, it, it helps kind of ground us in the team dynamic, which we're gonna have to get used to in order to enjoy the show. So like it, it's it's of its piece, it's useful. It's not necessarily pushing new ground, but that's what the sound effects are for. That's what the yeah. shadow cat that that little that little voip sound when she when she transforms through something. There's a there was one part that kind of knocked my socks off, which is where Jean Grey is starting to lose um, lose control of her powers, mm-hmm. and she's like accepting an award because she she did was great the outstanding best sound mixing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> she's the best teen for mo- the most outstanding sound mixing, and um, she starts hearing everybody's thoughts about her, mm-hmm. and also like the din of just like weird applause and like just all of it is kind of overwhelming her, and like just piling those different tracks on top of each other was really effective like i I think that they do a really good job with having one over the top track and then like one kind of in the background sure there's several scenes wherein um 
Professor Xavier is like talking to someone using his weird mind melt stuff, you can you can kind of see his eyes sort of filtered in on the scene when he's like, "Beast, that isn't the time. This isn't the time to use that." Yeah, yeah. Uh, or you know, whatever. <laughs> well, whatever Twitch plays Pokemon <laughs> nonsense I'm going on about. But they they'll have conversation in foreground and then Professor Xavier talking kind of in background or vice versa. Yeah. And it doesn't feel unnatural or it doesn't like break the scene. I thought that 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 pretty well got incorporated into what they were doing. And that's not necessarily something that they had in the bank. Like how much you know it's, a, it's an interesting place how to put much your telepathy resources. yeah. Yeah, how much telepathy Foley did they have? Probably not a lot. They probably had to come up with that. I, I will say that um, the that part of it, the constant music and the good, you know, audio mixing, do make this a very like easy watch. It doesn't. It doesn't ask yeah. a lot of you. Yeah. Now you'll be it, pretty it well draws your focus to the important bits really well. We weren't getting a lot of. I was playing tug with my dog for most of this. We weren't getting back. <laughs> Your dog was like, I disagree with the stance. I don't think that it should want sound design. I think that, I think that at the time, uh, Static Shock actually had a better sound design episode. Uh, she was she was a real opinionated yeah. anus, absolutely. Um, it, Static Shock definitely had a more like unique sound. You know, yes. it, it had uh, much more grounded in well, you know the the black aesthetic, like the hip hop. This sounded a lot more like Sonic Adventure music. <laughs> They weren't doing a half-assed metaphor on being a teen as a minority. They be, because because it wasn't a metaphor. Exactly Static, a minority. They were literally Static doing Shock that. wasn't doing a metaphor. Yeah. It was just like I'm black. <laughs> Some of this kind of sucks. Yeah. <laughs> like it wasn't a metaphor. They were just talking. Um, I do think that this one of the things that did throw me off a lot mm -hmm. is just how like the variation in line delivery um, and and voice direction. Voice acting characters were, you know, voiced consistently. Yeah. And, you know, if Spike is talking to Beast and you have 90s slang versus Shakespearean lines, like, they're competently oh, like delivered, but the direction's all over the place. Yeah. I also, like, I can't help but have a little fatigue at any 90s slang. Yeah. 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 And that's not a fault of this show. That's just a fault of the 90s. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You can't really get away from time, it. Time was not kind to the 90s. As if. No. Fat. Nor should he talk to the hand. I was, was surprised up. when talk to the yeah. Well, was up actually didn't really happen. Oh no, that was Martin. But it's more associated with the all right with the Budweiser commercial. <laughs> um, Zane, put the show note in that you know I want you to put. I it. hate you. Okay. Jim Carrey. <laughs> the nineties was a rough time. I mean, you know, you had Mad Cow Disease, O.J. Simpson. <laughs> Uh, Mad O.J. Simpson disease, a.k.a. murder. Some other third horrible thing. <laughs> Was that a good joke, Ben? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good, actually. You had Michael... I mean, it was tough being a teen back then. You ran the risk of... Were you about to say you had Michael Fay? No, Fels? Michael Fay. Michael Fay was a oh, okay. uh, kid who went to sing... There's this whole story about that. He got... A... Michael Phelps was just a tadpole back Michael then. Phelps Michael Fassbender a... played Magneto. Yeah. In this show? Or in the no, movie? In, no, in the uh, movie. First class. Okay, I have no... I have Again, I saw 20 minutes of the first X-Men movie. And notice I said X-Men. X-Men movie on... X-Men coming back. X-Men movie... First class is good. X-Men movie on... Uh, first class is very FX good. at some point. I haven't seen any of the other subsequent ones. I'm sure they're great. I just... First class was like, get rid of the teen shit. Get rid of the minority shit. Mm -hmm. We want to focus in on the slash fic mm -hmm. element 
of Xavier and Magneto. Let's just do that. Okay. That's all I remember. They might have done other that, stuff. Josh, that's a very biased take from, <laughs> from Ben. There, there was that and a girl who yelled at the ground. Mm-hmm. That's all I remember. So it was going for a very specific market. It, it was yeah. aiming for Ben specifically, yeah. yes. How do we get um, more Ben Relifords watching our movies? Hmm. <laughs> they had to do focus testing, which was weird because they did focus testing and other people came in. Like, what do you think? Yeah. <laughs> now, if you <laughs> were Ben Relifords, did you like... Who is your favorite? Who do you think Ben Reliford would say was his favorite all it, character? All it takes yeah. is good telepathy, Foley. Yeah. Ben, should I I'm giving you the playbook. Yeah. Ben, do you want me to cut your last name yeah, in there? I apologize, Ben. <laughs> oh, I don't give a shit. Okay. Ben doesn't give a shit. Because I have um, never said my last yes. name, even though you can hear it in the damn Takeshi thing, but go ahead. Yeah, and I want to ask about that. So are sure. we done with, uh, are we all done with X-Men? No, I wanted to talk about the characters and the actors, because you know oh, yeah. why. Yeah, uh, so yeah. So some of the cast your, uh, in the show. Yeah, oh, and it, what, what yeah. were the standouts or what were the yeah. interesting actors? Uh, well, interesting actors. I know that um, you have the Michael Donovan, Brad Swaley as Sabretooth and Wolverine, respectively, because this was done up in Vancouver with the uh, Ocean Group, who is famous for doing things like uh, Inuyasha, Ranma One Half, and then later they would do My Little Pony uh, and then other stuff. I'm clearly... Uh, regaling you and and clearly keeping your interest because Zane knows where this is going because I heard my little pony I'm here (laughs) Um, now you know what Ben's like yeah okay (laughs) don't fault the brony I don't have a fun my little pony story Uh, maybe next year so everyone gets one so I'm doing I'm at this anime convention uh, and actually I want to get the phone up just to get the exact wording of it because I'm online waiting to meet the actor who played Nightcrawler in this. Uh, and Zane and I who are... Who also played Light in Death Note. So Zane and... What, wasn't that just played by Nightcrawler? <laughs> yes, Nightcrawler. <laughs> he did a very convincing job, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the part of Nightcrawler will be played by Nightcrawler. Uh, so, <laughs> and Nightcrawler as himself. So I'm waiting online to meet the actor who played Nightcrawler in this. And the other one was uh, Dave Wittenberg, who did not have anything to do with this, but the line was like out the door. So I only met one person at this convention. Yeah. <laughs> so I would like to read, and Zane and I are going back and forth on when we're going to record this podcast that we're recording now. And we're talking about it. Uh, Zane asks, how about this time? And I say, that might work uh, October 21st. That might work. I'll get back to you. Before I do, anything you want to know from the guy who played Nightcrawler? Oct- uh... 15 minutes later, Zane. Looking him up, is this the same guy who's the main guy from Death Note? How do you keep meeting these people? So, I did ask him... <laughs> I think that's a fair question. I did ask... You're like a cryptid yeah. from our podcast. So, I did ask him... Uh, Ooh, yet, oh so yes, he is the same actor who <clears throat> plays the main guy in Death Note, and he did not have any insight into how I keep meeting these people. Okay, I yeah. guess that was... <laughs> that was the main question. So that's yeah. what you asked. Yeah. That's I did ask him how... That's exactly Asked-answered. what I asked him. Are you the same guy who played the main guy in, <laughs> in uh, God damn Death it. Note? And <laughs> do you have any insight into how I, someone you met just now... I'm sorry, Aladdin, <laughs> but your exact words... <laughs> yeah, great. Uh, Little monkey's paw. He said he really enjoyed being... He wanted to be a prince. You don't get to choose which and prince. And he was interested... He was impressed by the fact that I'm doing a pot, this podcast now with someone who actually speaks German, so... Because he does not speak German. But he can oh, fake it well. Warum <clears throat> um, nicht? Yeah. And then the other one I want to talk about was Professor Xavier, so... Who was played by David Kay. Who is David Kay? Uh, Danny Kay's younger brother. Yeah. I actually think they might be related okay um this <laughs> is the third time this has come up on this podcast so 
I interviewed the guy who produced the version of the newlywed game that had get, that had same sex couples. The first one, Blair Murdoch. Oh right, yeah. And later I interviewed. No, actually earlier I interviewed the host of it, Stu Jeffries. Okay, that show shot up in Vancouver. David was the announcer on that show, and he would always stu- introduce the host, Stu Jeffries, you know, and here's the host, the man himself who can get love anywhere, <laughs> Stu Jeffries. And when I talked to Stu Jeffries, and he's told other people this, he said, he's like, David would, it would be a different one every time, and he would come up with them on the spot. And he said the oh, one nice. that always stood out to him was, and here he is now, here he is now, the thunder god of love, Stu Jeffries. <laughs> so now you know. Thunder god of love is very Now strong. you know why I opened with what I did. And also. That's, a, that's amazing. The other reason I did this was so that I could hire David Kay to do a cameo and have him say the following Joshua, Ben, Zane, David Kay. You're doing a podcast about X Men Evolution. Um, that was one of my favorite shows I did back when I was living in Canada, in, in, in Vancouver. I was. Uh, that was a that was a fun series to be able to play Professor Xavier. I know that when I went in to read for it, um, I knew I knew that uh, um, that they were you know fans of the Patrick Stewart uh, version. So I, I just kind of did my take on a uh, Patrick Stewart. It has you know X Men Evolution. It's full. What is it? Uh, uh, where is a Wolverine? You know that sort of thing. And, and I ended up booking it, and it was so much fun. A lot of laughs. I wish we had the outtakes. Um, because uh, quite often uh, uh, the room would just kind of start riffing, you know, and things. And, yes, yeah, Storm, come sit on Daddy's lap. Uh, t- tell me a story, you know. Where's what? Um, you know, it just it got kind of out of hand, and, and I hope they they burn those outtakes, but uh, that was a lot of fun. A lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that, uh, that you will never hear, thank goodness. <laughs> yeah, tons of fun. Uh, Richard Ian Cox was in that, too, and he used to just make me laugh all the time. Um that was uh, yeah, it was one of the, it was a highlight show, man. Uh, when I used to live in Vancouver, that was that was a lot of fun. That was my my most favorite. Uh, I mean, it was all kinds of them, but X Men Evolution was, was was so cool. A lot of great, lot of, it was a hell of a cast, man. God, that was a hell of a cast. Uh, that's it. I miss them all. Uh, I wonder where they all are these days. And uh, yeah, I mean, we had all kinds of fun on that show. But in uh, words of Professor Charles Xavier from X Men Evolution. Be careful out there, because uh, not everyone is your is your fan, you know. Um, and uh, and 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 have lot, yeah, have lots of fun. Have a great holiday season, and uh, all the best. Thanks for for doing this too, Joshua Ben Zane. Peace out, guys. Cheers. And this is where you'll put in the audio of him saying whatever oh, he said to God. me. Oh God! And by the it's, way, let's... it's incredible that you keep finding I'm these people. I'm so glad you're the only one who does this. <laughs> it's nice that one person does. I couldn't handle two. Yeah. One is great. Two would be... Lest you think that I would have probably hired him at some point to say something about me, so... I don't, don't doubt it. <laughs> don't feel super special about this. Um, I, yeah. uh, like, you're kind of like a character from X-Men Evolution, because like, I don't know what you're going to do one episode yeah. to the next. <laughs> well, one of the things... What an interesting backhanded compliment. One of the reasons <laughs> I think Evolution. we're kind of ending now, and I'll... Can I yeah. give what is our rating of the show, and then I'll talk about it more, but on Josh's patent pending, but soon to be litigated scale... Uh, but we have an injunction going on so we can still use it, where one is King Arthur and the Knights of Justice, and ten is Dan versus... Okay, so... <laughs> Six and a half? One is high. <laughs> one is the apex. Six and a half? 6.4? That's 
I could go to seven. I think I, I think this gets a solid eight on the Richter okay. scale for me. Like just the avalanche very scale. quality without yeah. really pushing boundaries. Well, avalanche. He, I mean, avalanche obviously gets an eight. He was awesome. Yeah. You got <laughs> it. Uh, yeah, I I'm, a, I'm a little I'm a little cooler on it. I I just can't watch it without mm-hmm. like seeing opportunities where they could have done more. Yeah. Um, but it was you know, it's watchable. It's inoffensive. It's not. Um, but it's and you know compared to. I think there's just a chronic problem of the X-Men. Nobody really knows how to, like, do a visual story of them. Well, how do you do the X-Men? There's, you know, it's a complicated situation, which is later they did Wolverine in the X-Men, which they were easy. They could just focus on Wolverine. Who is the yeah. main character? I will ask this. Who's the main character in this show? Exactly. Scott? Mm, not really no it's 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 a teen titan the fact, cast the main character is whoever the spotlight the fact is on. that we're having this discussion illustrates that there was no main character unlike other things that we've done um yeah. at the risk of becoming a caricature of myself i'm really hungry for one that just straight up shines a spotlight on the geopolitical situation that the x-men find themselves i needed in. more yeah. world building to to be immersed in this yeah i needed more toad yeah. Uh, Toad, Toad does not get dude, enough. Toad, Toad is great Comes in this. hard and fast, Who, and that's where okay, I want Okay, you, you look it up. That's you exactly it what I want from a Toad? Toad. Let's give him some dew. Let's give Toad some dew. I'm going to look Mountain it up. Mountain Dew? I think he's got enough. <laughs> yeah. He does not seem like the kind of guy who would drink Mountain Dew. He seems like the kind of guy that would find Mountain Dew cans. Produce it. He seems like the kind of guy that would he find would, Mountain Dew. He would Dew. lick it from the inside of a bottle like an auntie. Yeah, he would, and then he would like take them to the recycling center you know, to get money so that he could then buy cigarettes and smoke them behind uh, This the is Noel Fisher, okay, who I... played Vladimir, a 1,500-year-old vampire in the Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn Part 2. Oh, okay. yeah, they filmed okay. that in Vancouver, Both too. of his names are different animals, and he's playing Toad. <laughs> oh, Ben, this, this, he was uh, Michelangelo in the 2014 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Is that the good the, uh, one? Movie. That's, I believe. I believe that's the one you like. Yes. The movie. It had to have been the movie. It, it could have been the, the show. The movie or the planet? <laughs> uh, oh no! This is the movie. I, yeah. I'm thinking of the okay, other one. Okay, never mind. No, no, th- no, I'm thinking of the 2016. What did he do? Yeah, I, this is just a toad. This is just all he is is toad. All he will it's ever very be is good. toad. Nice and weaselly and unpleasant. Like Noel, if for read. some stupid reason you're listening to us, you absolutely were the apex of this program. He gets a ten on mm-hmm. the patented ten. Josh scale, where one is. King Arthur Knights Justice and Tennis Dan versus oh, Absolutely. Dude, he was in the Justice League versus the Fatal Five as Brainiac Five. So yeah. it was really good having you on, Josh. And <laughs> I wanted to uh, the point I wanted to make is that I love throwing you guys for loops, and I don't I get bored easily, as you guys have no doubt discerned, and the fact that I don't like having consistency with the things I do. I like to challenge myself. I think it's great. Know. No, like you have put more thought into what we're gonna watch than we do and i definitely appreciate it because like i had memories of the show i wanted to revisit it i just didn't realize it well you guys and i give you a lot of credit for this because i don't know if any other show did like you you have opened you had opened up the podcast to any kind of animation um correct me if i'm wrong i think you flipped you did a flip book at one point animation if not then you need (laughs) to find a flip book and review it at some point you yep. did a webcomic? I mean, I I couldn't watch... This is me kissing your ass, because this is probably the last time I'm ever going to be on, at least to do a show. Uh, I can't do... I, I can't watch something like King Arthur Knights of Justice. Like, I would get too into it, even if it's sucky. <laughs> like, I need to have something. But also, at the same time, I don't want to be, like, the guy that only comes on and talks about video game shows. 
I don't want to sure. be like, and I. That's kind of the thing. Like, so if I ever were a writer on some television show, I would want to be the guy that could write any kind of craziness or any kind of normality. Uh, gotcha. I don't know if I, I achieved that are, or not, but I think we're sharply constrained by the fact that we've done so many episodes that we don't let ourselves sink too far into any one episode uh, and into any one yeah. show anymore. Yeah. We used to do that, and it, it's just too exhausting to kind of keep up that pace. But that's why having yeah. a fresh face and somebody who is so hyper focused on what we're doing is um is is definitely an is yeah. is a boon. I have the luxury of it is a I gift. have the luxury of this because I don't have to watch you know total drama whatever the hell for the next week. It show. was really good, so I finished the All Star. It was season. actually not. Terrible. Did you? Okay, I want because I don't know if you guys talked about this, but you're aware that was the first. Oh, I'm keeping you guys super TV late. show. That was the, yeah. yeah, that was the first television show. That was like the first Cartoon Network. <laughs> the very first television show. So Cartoon Network obviously aired things before that kind of had some stuff that was sort of blue. That was the first one where they actually put a warning up that said, parents, you may not want your kids watching this. Oh, yeah. Um, and it actually did have <laughs> it the... Had that, it had that Girls Gone Wild warning yeah. at the front. <laughs> well, originally it had... Anyone remember that? Yeah, it did. Yeah. And then they tried doing it with the other Canada show, the other shows that were produced up in Toronto, and they weren't, they weren't very good. I think that the... I always wondered this. Okay, so this this plays into it. So the this show was dubbed in Vancouver. That show was dubbed in Toronto. I've always wondered: is there a war between Vancouver-based voice actors and Toronto-based voice actors? Because never the twain shall meet. And you've always wondered, He's always wondered if there this. was a war. Yes. <laughs> After, yeah, well, I'm not joking. I've always wondered that? if they like secretly hate each other. Maybe not. Like maybe a cold. I think war. you've been watching. Yeah. I think you've been watching too much. X-Men Evolutions where you're like yeah. there's got to be a war underneath <laughs> this high be, school somewhere. The, the, yeah. There's got to be gang violence here in, the, in any t- any situation. The show yeah. this show ends with a future look. So I think we should now go like what we're all what will our futures possibly consist of? Mine of course will be, you know, conquering Finland. Um, you know, guy If can you can find it. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, that's half the battle right there. Yeah. No, I mean, I it it is uh, a weird time for us in the Carton cast. It were Ben and I have both gotten much busier, and uh, but oh, we yeah, we you know we well that's why you got to watch all the fifty two episodes. <laughs> I am on I'm on vac- yeah. you. I'm on vacation um, from work. I would love to be not less busy. Well, I was super busy earlier in the month, so I had to thunder run all of them this week. I, I think thunder As is just a good adjective to add before yes. words. I think that's a really yeah, that good thing Yeah, that seems to be a running thing. Um, but no, thank you uh, again for coming Thank you, Thunder on, Josh. Bringing us, you know, this thing to our attention, which I would not have considered, I, which I actively tried to dissuade you from picking. Yep. And, um, yeah. And I'm glad it didn't work. Let's, uh, you know, yeah. e- even if we don't uh, continue on past ten years, don't be a stranger. I finish in the, I Absolutely. finish in the black, as they say in uh, financial terms, so... I think mm-hmm. I'm officially, I've done more good for... And they would have said that for this episode, yeah. but they didn't uh, conceive of black people as minorities. Everyone was just teens. Yeah. <laughs> Miscellaneous teens. Yep. Miscellaneous teens. No, but yeah, yeah your, your uh, performance like review said, is, um, is forthcoming. If we end up continuing to do the show on kind of a weird, different pacing, or just feel like doing an episode every now and again, like, you're more than welcome to have on. I just don't reach out to people anymore. Please don't take it as, like, a... A, a a slight against your persona or uh, your attitude on our podcast because uh, I really enjoy having. See, the people you on. listening to this don't know that I really am like this in real life. Uh, they think, like, <laughs> "Oh, this guy's just putting on a." Oh, they're not going to hear this. Yeah. Part. Okay. Um, <laughs> too many feelings. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you but guys Josh, are. Yeah, be um, the, make with the funny. Make with the funny. Quit with the feely crap. Make the jokey joke. 
But Josh, um, before we move into Closemonies, uh, can you tell us, um, you know, I, I didn't, I wanted to, I did not get a chance to watch your episodes of uh, Takeshi's Castle because the internet baffles me and I don't like paying for media anymore. Mm-hmm. How did it go? Amazon Prime. I'm uh, technically, I'm in episodes five and six. I'm focused in them, but I'm technically in every episode because they put me in the intro. And what show is uh, this? Takeshi's Castle by... Not my favorite game show of all time, but the only one that I got on a plane to a foreign country just to, for the per, for the sole purpose on being on the reboot of. Um, I didn't tell you guys. Well, it was probably was, better yeah. than X Men Apocalypse, yeah. which yeah. is my theater experience <laughs> in the air. Jurassic yeah, you te- Park. So you teased this at the end of the last episode. Huge. Okay, so it's super hot. It's like ninety billion degrees. I'm in front of. It's like Jurassic Park almost, like the gates in Jurassic Park, and you walk in. And there's there's all the games, not all the games. There's the major games from the original show. There's the bridge. There's the the lake with the stones in it. There's the the flying mushroom. Um, and the first way to bury the lead. All they, the greats. They gave us life jackets and and crash helmets. Thank God. Um, the first game we Thunder do. Helmets. The first game we do is it's a slope. I don't know if you're familiar with this game. Is it's a large slope. And we all have to get over the slope, climb up over this slope. Mm-hmm. I've said slope like six times in that one sentence. Like Ninja Warrior for idiots. You're not <laughs> far off. Because actually there were, when I was there, a bunch of the contestants from Ninja Warrior were in the same episode. I met I met one of them. I got my photo <laughs> taken with one of them. I'll, I'll get, Okay. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. No, no more burning this episode. We want people to look it up. Okay. The only thing I will say is... I go for the slope. Everybody goes at once. I hold back a little bit. I go for the slope. I'm climbing up it. This is in the episode. They spray me with a fire hose. I fall back down to the bottom. Okay. I need to see this. I'll hold back for a little bit. And this part's not. Credits. This part's not in the episode. So you'll, you're getting an exclusive. Not really, because I've told this to other people too. I go again. Grab the rope. I'm pulling myself up, and there's a guy at the top of the slope. Another contestant who pulls the rope I'm holding on to. He pulls it up so that I can get over. Japanese oh, nice. guy, older guy. I slide down into the water, get out, out of breath because it was exerting. You know, kind of catch my breath. This older Japanese guy comes down and he gets out and he says, and he, you know, I help you over, I help you over, and I hugged him. And that was the second person in two and a half years that I had hugged. Oh, Yeah, because of COVID. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Look, if you have to hug a person, uh, yeah. a ninja warrior... He's the one to go for. Yeah, for he was not a ninja, fire. He was not a ninja warrior. He was a you, that, that you know of. He was super yeah. cool though. He was like we're kind of being racist, yeah. Zane. <laughs> you are. I'm yes anding. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, I'm not going to tell you every game I played. Although I did get to play at least one game from the original show. Uh, watch it and see. And uh, whether you this is a game where whether you win or lose, you're going to fall into mud. Yeah, and I, I'm in the mud, and I'm trying to crawl out of the mud and this was actual mud this was not water painted brown no that fake shit yeah i i I thought i was gonna lose my shoes i legitimately (laughs) thought my shoes are not coming out with me that's how thick this mud was (laughs) and i like 20 percent playing for the camera 80 percent. it's legitimately hard i like fall face first into the mud uh (laughs) beautiful yeah that you know how to get more screen time that's that's for sure yeah well they were just so your survivor application they were just so, so fascinated by this insane man who knew more about the show than they did, but didn't speak yeah, the language. So links, 
links in in the show notes for uh josh on takeshi's castle a man whom the people from takeshi's castle could not believe showed up (laughs) they were legitimately like yeah, yeah, we'll sponsor you. Yeah, get, get here. We don't care. Get here. Yeah, yeah, get here. And I thought, you're, like, you're like the gonna... game show version of that guy who doesn't speak French but memorized the French dictionary to win a Scrabble tournament. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, links in the show notes for that. We have to wrap up just because you know we got we got we got yeah. to close. But um. But yeah. Thank you so much for coming back on for and me. for uh yeah for, for talking us through this. You know, fairly boring uh, example of an X-Men property. So this and all the others. Boring is better than bad. I like that you thought it was boring, yet you gave it an 8. Okay. Oh, I liked okay. it. Oh, like, okay. I like a lot of boring stuff. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Ask me about my thoughts on uh, on on varieties of wood sometimes. Then we're closing <laughs> up, though. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, anyway. I don't know why I find that funny. So, uh, what do you do next? what's going on? What's 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 up next time? Well, Ben, depending on next time, uh, depending on how scheduling works, we may or may not be able to get uh, uh, some Dan Caves action for some um, Lil Bush. Yeah, but um, I've been I've been angling for this one for quite a while. Uh, mm-hmm. The other thing that we need to hit soon is another anime, and Ben, we have a we have a few animes that we have to hit this year, mm-hmm. and so. Um, do you want the one that's that's lighthearted and fun, or do you want the one that's heartbreaking and tragic? And jo- Josh, Josh wants the heartbreaking and tragic. I can see in his eyes. I can't. I can't say no to Josh. Yeah, come on. All right. Let me look up how to pronounce this. Give me the name of. Send me the link in the thing, and I'll say it for you in the Japanese. I'm, I'm strongly tempted. Then yeah. we're gonna check out Puella Magi Madoko Magica. Oh, the original uh, Magical Girl anime. Fascinating. Not the original Magical Girl anime, the the Evangelion treatment of the Magical Girl genre. Okay. A lot of of adjoining spheres of influence on that property. Interesting to check it out. Uh, And then also Little Bush, which we, I wanted to do at least one terrible political, quote unquote political comment. Yeah, Yeah. very (laughs) sharply limited to the year in which it came out because it was a very obvious cash grab on a particular angry market we are never um, gonna have another worse president than dick cheney thank god that <laughs> thank god it peaked there um anyway uh if you have anything to say about either of those properties um you can go to fancybat.com slash cartoncast and go to our contact page and leave us a message on that you can tell us what else you'd like us to watch for our final year in syndication such as it is uh or you can go to apple podcasts and leave a rating or review it really helps us out and it validates our existence and will help us get on japanese game shows no it won't uh here here josh thanks again for coming on and uh do you have any pithy rejoinder to lead out of this x-men evolution episode i don't want to wait for my <laughs> life, for the show to be over, I want to I feel get like we've the spoiler with you right now. They're you're gonna need yeah. add add a couple bubs in there, and we got it. The Paula that Paula Cole song better be in here. If you don't end on it, then it, but it <laughs> better oh, be. Oh, uh, we're gonna seamlessly filter out from you singing it into the actual song. This is the other nice thing about you, you is you tell it. me what the show notes are. You yeah. tell me what the edits are, when to put music. Uh-huh. In. I didn't get to promote. My, I, I didn't fam. get to promote my stuff, so I'm gonna record something later of me talking about a bunch of the crap I do, and then you guys can listen to it and go, "Oh wow, Josh is insane to do these things." He's busy.
So yeah, as always, if you need to know more about me, you can go to the JM Archives, where you can hear my aforementioned interviews with Blair Murdoch, Stu Jeffries, various other game show personalities, television personalities, writers, producers, etc., etc. And on my other channel, I am currently working on a documentary tribute video about Legends of the Hidden Temple. I'm working on part three. Parts one and two have been published. Uh, so look forward to that, hoping to have it finished before the new year. 